All right, welcome to the first recorded edition of the Sports Edition of January 2021. I am one of your hosts, Shay Omanera. My other host is my man, JC. And JC, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I got, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. So, uh, you are an Eagles fan, right? Barely. <laughs> and you also are a Lamelo Ball. Uh, oh, this critic. is this is this is how we're starting the podcast, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I got something to say. I got something to say. Okay, yeah, just be a man while he's down there. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, that Eagles game. Well, let's start with the Eagles. That Eagles game was the most blatant display of tanking I've ever seen in my 28 years of living. That's aggressive. Unbelievable. It's Sunday national TV, last game of the season. You take out Jalen Hurts and you put in Nate Sudfield. When Eagles had the momentum, Eagles looked like they were primed to win the game. We did not have momentum. Let's be clear about that. No, you had, no, had, had the momentum. No, we didn't. We're playing good, but that, that possession, you had the momentum. No, I, well, and, no, no, because afterwards, you got to remember, the, before Jalen gets taken out, before that, um, on fourth and goal, he missed. He missed the throw. That could have tied the game going into the fourth. And... Yeah, we had no momentum. I've heard that multiple times. I'm just saying, as a person who watched like the game from front to back, at that point, we didn't have momentum. Oh, I watched, we still had I watched the game. Well, well, no, because it, it looked like Washington football team was trying to throw the game away, too. So I, I felt like eventually, like, look, the Eagles were, were primed to win. Yeah. We're primed to win. They got the possession. Yeah. They could have got the lead then. I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't having a good game. He was having a pretty bad game. But at the same time, we all know Jalen Hurts is a winner. Yeah. He's a winner. So sure. even if he had a bad game, he was probably going to finish the game with a win. You take him out and you put Nate Sudfield in because it's his fourth year and you need to treat it like it's senior year and he needs to have some game time. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's indefensible. That's that's all there is really to say. It, it's indefensible. Um, I do want to say a shout out to uh, – uh, uh, Mr. Kelsey, who kind of, kind of softened the blow a little bit. He was kind of just like, listen, um, uh, he basically Jason Kelsey, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I say Travis? Uh, if I, I didn't mean to say Travis, if I did. Oh um, no, you just say Kelsey. So I'm just for, for the li- listeners just to make sure Jason Kelsey. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. He basically would like came out and try to try to soften the blow a little bit, basically saying that, you know, they trust, uh, they trusted Taylor Heineke, or not Heineke. They trusted um, Sudfeld. They trusted Doug Peterson. Yeah, I can't even get. I, I don't if, even remember his name. If, <laughs> if, if only, if only you had Heineke. <laughs> if, if only we had Heineke. By the way, he had an incredible game against Tampa. Uh, by the way, just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, it was it was very very just depressing to see. Not even because honestly, if we would have started Sudfeld, I would have been fine. <laughs> I think I would have been a lot. Uh, I think I would have been understanding because at the same time, you don't want to pick ninth rather than sixth, especially in this draft um, when we're going to need like a linebacker or a corner. So, I mean, getting the sixth pick is just like, yeah, we need that pick. But starting Jalen, let me know that, okay, we're going to try to win this game. We're going to try to 
uh, have this game affect our culture a little bit because, you know, you don't want to end the season just tanking because that's going to set a a bad precedent for next year. And to just take him out during the fourth quarter, that not only ruins Jalen's kind of uh, uh, momentum that he had going um, uh, from a season's uh, point of view because – I mean, you know this. You we we watch this whole story. Jalen has been getting like <laughs> he's been running into wall after wall after wall after wall ever since ever since he got taken out of that Bama game, and it kind of seemed like he kind of had something going with the Eagles uh, with the Eagles this whole season, and you know he was kind of the little bright spot that we had, and then all of a sudden you know that just that just falls away immediately as soon as it, uh, as soon as he takes him out. But I'll say this. Uh, I was a defender of Doug Peterson before this game. After this, uh, not anymore. He, he's got to go. He's got to go, period. You know the irony that you purposely tank so you can get a higher draft pick only to possibly be fired and you won't be able to coach that higher draft pick you tank for? Yeah. I mean, that, that, like, at first I thought, I, at first I thought it was the Eagles' owner. Like I figured, it had to be because I never thought of. It, it doesn't matter who it is because whether it's well, or Doug or uh, the owner, like that's a no no. That's a no no. That that is a no no. But I just never think a head coach would accept. Like, okay, I'm going to purposely tank. I usually think that's the GM's or the owner's call. But from what I've been hearing, that is Doug Peterson's call to tank. Yeah, apparently it was Doug's call, um, how he wanted them to do it before the game. We know that. Um, besides, I just want to point this out. Um, Eagles are not really that great at drafting, especially in the first round over the past 20 years. Um, we've only hit on like three or four picks in the last <laughs> Shouts out years. to Jalen Rager. Yeah, she, oh, okay, relax. Yeah, and I'm still pissed about that. We could have had Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, made All-Pro his first year. Unbelievable. In the, his first year in the league, he made second-team All-Pro. We could have had that guy. But, no, let's get Jalen Rager. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah. I, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's just stop talking about it. How he's going to take Trey Lance because he wants to ruin the Eagles in the draft. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of over. I'm so oh, so 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 you believe I was actually about to ask you about that. So you believe that Jalen Hurts will not be the starting quarterback next year then if they're gonna take Trey Lance. I wanna be so clear about this. I want Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback. I think he deserves it. I think he earned it. Um especially Carson can't stay on the team. We're gonna have to trade him. If Definitely. we take if we have so many holes everywhere else, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a franchise QB, but I can tell you this right now. Just kind of similar to the Jets, like, we're just bad, and we need help everywhere. And a quarterback is kind of not our biggest issue right now. Our biggest issue is culture. Definitely not. Yeah, our biggest issue is culture and the defense. (laughs) Our defense is atrocious. We have one of the worst. Offensive line, too. Yeah, offensive line, but it's like we're not going to get Penny Sewell. So, I mean, I'm not really going to be tripping about it if we don't take a, you know, an offensive lineman, especially offensive linemen are so hard to find. But, yeah, we definitely need to pick an offensive lineman in the draft. But, um, yeah, we need secondary help. We need back linebackers, desperately need linebackers. Um, yeah, we need help everywhere. So I hope he is. But if we take quarterback, I think I'm going to have to find a new NFL team to root for, to be honest with you. Because yeah, if we take Trey Lance or, like, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm going to be so mad. Come to the New England bandwagon while everybody has got off. 
Absolutely. There's not. there's more room now. There's more room now. Come to New England bandwagon. We are going to get our quarterback. We're going to get back to the Super Bowl. You already know. You're another team that I don't think needs a quarterback <laughs> because you you really as a Patriots, as a Patriots guy, we don't need a quarterback. Haven't no, you, you watched this I'm saying, season? I'm saying you don't need a quarterback in the draft. You can get one in free agency. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I think Fair your biggest, enough. Your biggest was, thing, though, you should do as a Packer, as a Packers guy, you should be rooting for Dak Prescott to come to your team. Because I've been saying that for two oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> That's the guy you should get. Coming off that broken leg, uh, like I love – I actually like Prescott as a quarterback now. I, at first, I was a little bit of a critic, but I, I like him now. But after that broken leg, I'll rather Smith can come back. Dak is going to come back. Yeah, but Alex Smith came back with no mobility. So yeah, but still, he's going to have mobility. He's going to he's projected to play at the beginning of the season. He'll be fine. I think I think Dak will be fine. I think I think we're making. uh, I'd rather have a Matt Stafford right now, just because I know he didn't came off a big injury. Even though Matt Stafford is kind of injury prone in a way. I've ever had Matt Stafford. I, no, I'll take Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's underrated. He's been underrated his whole career. You know what? Free. I will have Carson Wentz. I will have Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I, honestly, is just a, it's a lack of confidence. No, it's, it's not. You just it's get a a confidence. Of, no, it's a lack of uh, football IQ. He doesn't know when to get rid of the football, and he doesn't care, and he doesn't that, listen to his that, coaching. It's more – He's literally well, the worst Belichick guy. Yeah, he, pl- <laughs> he plays with reckless – he plays with reckless abandon. Yes, I know that. You're a Carson defender. I didn't know this. I didn't know you were a Carson huh? Wentz defender. No, nah, no. Nah, I thought he was always kind of overrated, but now he's definitely not overrated anymore because everybody doesn't think he's that good anymore. But uh, what, what I was saying, <laughs> but just watching him play this year and compared to years past where he was an MVP candidate, he just he just don't have confidence anymore. He doesn't believe in himself. No, if you look at him he last just, year, he played this bad last year. Yeah, last year I didn't have any confidence either because I felt no, like in his mind I had confidence. Now because the media has been on his back for like not on his back, I mean defending him for a, a year and a half now. I, I, I don't think a year and a half. They they stopped defending him in week fourteen. That's when we stopped defending him. <laughs> I don't think it was just that though. It was just the fact that Nick Foles won won the Eagles a Super Bowl, right? So after Nick Foles left. I mean, the, the media had confidence in Carson Wentz, but I don't know if the Eagles fans had car, confidence in Car also, Carson Wentz. Also, he probably he, felt he like he had to prove himself issues, even more. If he has confidence issues, he shouldn't be your quarterback, period. If he has confidence hey, issues, I, you don't There's a perfect coach to, to give you that confidence, and that's Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's the perfect coach. Quarter, as soon as you bring another quarterback into your room, you automatically know Carson Wentz is going to start to feel insecure. Why would you want that man as your starting quarterback? That that's right. You know what? That's right. I felt like Jalen Hurts was the final straw to like his mentality. So he's like, you know what? Even to a guy like me, like I love Jalen Hurts Um, from a talent standpoint. It makes no sense that Carson, we're even in this position from a talent standpoint. You know what I mean? From a like leadership uh, and uh, you know work ethic point of view, it's like yeah, I would obviously take Hurts, no question. But it's like. Carson shouldn't even be making this conversation, and he is. And that, to me, that's, Not at that's all. a huge red flag to me. I don't know about to you. That's a You know what? Flag. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's why I just want Carson West. I know he has so much natural talent, and usually Belichick harnesses players like that. But, yeah, he, he might be shot now. You're right. He might be shot. Yeah. There's also Trubisky. There's also du- Dwayne Haskins. He, he's yeah. also, like, a big red flag, but – 
Maybe if you could just get him to mature, I would love to have Haskins on my team. If you get him to mature, but that's if. I, no, I don't know no, if even no, Belichick no. could even help help no. that. I don't know if Belichick could even help I, that. This does point. not deserve a job in the National Football League. I'm sorry. <laughs> As a person who defended Dwayne Haskins, you can't have two. You can't have back-to-back uh, media problems in like back-to-back weeks and then play like garbage and expect to have a job in the NFL. I'm sorry. You can't. Sorry, you can't break COVID protocol when your when your head coach has cancer. You can't do it. I'm Thing sorry. is, if Brett Favre was if Brett Favre did what he did in Atlanta in 2020, 2021, how much media coverage would he have got? A lot. It, exactly. So it kind of reminds me but of that, no, even no, though what Dwayne Haskins did. He wasn't also with, unplayable, though. He wasn't unplayable. Haskins is unplayable. Yeah, but the the Washington football team pur- purposely didn't want him from the get go. Even though, yeah, what he did with Ron Rivera being high risk is very insensitive, and I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's a, just a, that's just a dick thing to do. <laughs> it's just a dick yeah. move. That's the only re- yeah. The, for, to me, it's like with Haskins, even if your even if your team doesn't have your back, like he was literally so bad to the point where they had to put him in a third stringer. Like, Heineke shouldn't even be playing right now. That's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. Heineke shouldn't even have had a chance, even though he played very well against Tampa. I really want to reiterate that. He played insanely well. I was actually shocked. But, um, yeah, Haskins, like, in the regular season, was so bad to the point where the coach was like, we can't win this way. I have to take him out. And then they made him a third stringer, took away his captain badge. Yeah, he. I'm sorry. He I just wonder how did he get captain in the first place if he was this immature. That's, that's why this I want to. If you play quarterback in the National Football League, you're getting the C. Like it doesn't really matter who you are or what you do, you're getting the C. If you're, yeah, it, you're you're just getting the C. Period. And it doesn't make sense, especially if you're a first or second year player. Like if I'm if I'm a 35 year old veteran that's been in the league, well, for a while, what am I listening to a 22 year old? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I would give the seat to like a, a Joe Burrow, like that would make a lot of sense. Right? I mean, yeah, but that that's a transcendent twenty-two year old. Why am I listening to someone like saying. Dwayne Haskins? I mean, even like even a Gardner Minshew, I would listen to a Gardner Minshew. Mm, and I know, I, don't know, I, know I know you're not a believer of Gardner Minshew, but I honestly, I mean, look, they benched Gardner Minshew in order to tank to get the number one or number two overall pick that the Jacks did. So I mean, I still don't think Gardner Minshew is. Uh, that bad of a quarterback i think i think he's a game manager at best but it's not, it wasn't because I, I don't believe in him it was more that like seeing him what he does outside of football i don't know if he's the one that screams like oh this is a guy i'll run through a wall for probably not but he's still good uh but yeah um average uh average. so Mitchell Trubisky, you know what? If the Bears don't re-sign him, I wouldn't mind Patriots getting him. He's he finished this season strong. You're just desperate. I wouldn't mind. (laughs) Honestly, Mitchell Trubisky was better than anything we had at quarterback this season. I'll be honest with you. I love Cam. I really love Cam, especially since he's from Atlanta. I really love Cam. One of my favorite players of all time. I mean, he's a treasure, but. Yeah, he's past his prime now. Yeah, he he's just, he's past his prime. So, look, Trubisky was better than anything we had this year at quarterback. I'll take Trubisky. 
I feel like Belichick will make the most of his potential. That's the thing. That's why I'm. That's why I don't mind taking project quarterbacks because Belichick more often than not use usually makes the most of your potential. Yeah, I mean, but if you're, um, what pick do you have um, in, in the draft? Do you know? I think it was like the tenth. Probably. Let me let me let me check. Let me check. Let me make sure. Yeah, Let me make sure. Because, um, it's a juicy pick, though. It's a juicy pick. All right, you have 15. Let me make sure. Have 15. Wait, what? I thought it was juicier. <laughs> Wait, we were we, yeah, we were 6 and 10. Play. How? Dude, the league it has it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Wait, we were 7 and 9. Why did we win yeah, one were, game? Oh, my that's goodness. That's what I yeah, you were 7 Oh, yeah, we had, we had to play the Jets. Yeah, we played the Jets, of course. Yeah, I was about to say, look at the the Cowboys and the Giants are like a perfect. Oh, we ain't getting a quarterback in this draft. Yeah, you still can. I mean, at 15, that's a pretty good spot. If I if I were you at 15, I would take a wide receiver, no question. And then in the second round, no. why would you not take a wide receiver? You've never had a wide Patriots receiver. Have, Patriots have a bad track record with wide receivers in the first round. We did take wide receivers you and then kill Harry. The most bad track record. Yeah, but this Chad Jackson. Bethel Johnson. Yeah, but this is the most like bulletproof wide receiver class I think I've ever seen in terms of the top four. You know what I mean? It's like if you take Jamar Chase, Waddle, or Smith. Which- Jamar Chase actually falls to 15, I'll be happy. But I don't know if he'll fall to 15. I know he didn't play this season, but people know that natural talent. No, Smith, Waddle, or Chase will definitely fall to 15. Look at last year's uh, draft class. I mean, Jefferson fell all the way to 25. True, true. Yeah, wide receivers fall. I mean, even Judy. We thought Jerry Judy was going to be what? Yeah, I thought. I thought this guy was going to be like Julio, like type caliber prospect. I thought he was going to be like that. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm the Patriots, I mean, I would just be like, look, I'm taking a wide receiver first round, and then I'm taking Mac Jones in the second. That's what I would do if I were you. If if Devontae Smith actually falls to 15, which I seriously doubt. No, he won't. No. Um, if if yeah. we pat like even me who wants a, I want anything but a receiver with that six pick. But no lie, if Smith is right there at six, like yeah, I don't know. Take him. Got, have to. Eagles have way too many holes for them to take another double dip at wide receiver again. Even though Smith is it's a transcendent talent. Yeah, nah, it's Smith. You gotta uh, take him. I'm sorry. You have to take him. Because this is how I see star receivers. Even if you're a superstar receiver, you don't have as much an effect in the game in terms of wins as another position would. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't t- take a star receiver that early. Like, look at look at Atlanta. Have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and they're still taking number four. I know Julio Jones is hurt half the season, Ridley. but even last year, they were- he's on the trade block, isn't he? Julio and uh, yeah, because he's always because he's always he's always hurt and he has a huge contract. And I think they don't want to. They don't want to waste his career away, losing when he should deserve to get a championship by now. I'll trade for him in a heartbeat. Be prepared for him to play like ten games a season. Oh, that's fine. I mean, the rest of our team is injured anyway, so kind of kind of fits uh, with the whole Eagles uh, culture. Just to be injured for the whole year, but yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. This uh. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, um, see, this is this is the part that I really feel bad for is that I really hate what the Eagles did, but at the same time, the sixth pick is such a great pick in this draft. It's such a great pick. Yeah, I mean, that's a big jump from nine to six. That's a huge jump. Yeah, because we could miss <laughs> out on a huge some prime, jump. We could miss out on some prime talent. So, on one hand, it's like, 
God, fuck you, <laughs> Doug Peterson. But on the same time, it's just like, yeah, I kind of get it at the same time. But I wonder what the, yeah, I just wonder what it means for the culture going forward. That's like my, the real big thing. They won't like it. They won't like him. That's the thing. Well, he lost it. I mean, you you pull up three spots at the cost of losing a locker room. Yeah, you, you got to let him go. There's really no choice. You know, that must, it really must suffer, Doug Peterson. You purposely tank for a team you won't be for, won't be coaching next year. What was the point of tanking that? If you're going to tank for a team you won't be for next, you won't be coaching next year. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, there's no point in tanking. No and point. also, what there's no, what were we about to say before I had made my amazing transition? <laughs> no, I was just saying you said no point in tanking. I said for him there would be no point in tanking if he wasn't going to coach them next year because he got fired. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's just let's just fire him and see if we can get Eric Bieniemy in the door. That's all. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. <laughs> see if we can pull off that crap. Well, we already know Houston ain't gonna get Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, that's but true. Uh, also, since there's no point in tanking, there's also no point in trashing on a draft prospect before they even play an NFL game. So, JC, how do you – I mean, NBA game, you know what I meant. NBA game. So, uh, (laughs) JC, how do you feel about LaMelo? He's fine. He's he's fine. That's it. He's he's fine. The guy that got a 22-point triple-double is just fine. Yeah. He's just fine. Oh, yeah, the guy who's shooting – who's averaging what? 13, 5, and 5. Yeah, he's incredible. That guy's amazing. From the bench. Yeah, from the exactly Party. from the bench playing for Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. That guy. I'm you sick shouldn't of, be on I'm the bench. Not, you know, Devontae Graham hasn't been playing good. Yeah, no, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of I'm sick of people like you, sick of everybody else who's overhyping Lamelo. Lamelo's have, yeah, he's fine, but he's not this incredible. I'm not over, I'm not overhyping Lamelo. No, 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 no. I'm not overhyping Lamelo. I'm not for God's sake. I'm not Bleacher Report. I'm not Bleacher Report. Yeah, look, look, look. He's having a good season. Um, was I a little hard on him? No, because I'm always a little. Well, because I'm always right. Let's be honest. Um, he's averaging thirteen six and six. Really good numbers. He's still bad on defense, which is whatever because it's this. It's it's the NBA. As seventy percent of point guards in the NBA are bad on defense. True. Uh, but he's six seven, so I mean, he should or six eight. He should be good at defense, but it's whatever. Um, forty five, forty four percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. It's like, yeah, he's good. He's not the rookie of the year, but he's good. He's good. Yeah, well, what I have to say is you shouldn't – I knew you were going to be wrong. I knew you were going to be wrong. Like, well, look, wrong. I didn't care about the I, – I didn't care about the defense. I mean, and for one, Devontae Graham has not been playing good. I still don't know why he's starting at this point. I really don't know why. I just think they don't want to anger him. I just think because you should have been most improved player of the year last year, they're they're trying to honor him. But Lamelo has to start. Yeah, Lamelo has to start. I mean, he should be starting, but I mean, let's. I don't know if that says something. The fact that he's not starting, the fact that he's not I starting, that, that, does that say something? That says something to me. It it says it says to me that he's a rookie. That's what it just says. Right. He's a rookie. All right. And the Edwards is not starting. Even though I wouldn't start him either. And on the way that team is set up, yeah, I, would. I wouldn't start him. Actually, I would start him because they're trash <laughs> and I would try anything else. But no, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't start him because he's a ball dominant player 
and you already have one ball dominant player, D'Angelo Russell, on that lineup. And while you have a spot up shooter started starting in his place in M- Malik Beasley, so I wouldn't start him because of that. You're two and seven. He, I would I would start him just to get him game time. I would, I would look. I would do that for every, and, every team that's bad. If you have a rookie on there, I would just throw him out there for heavy minutes and let him show. That's what I would do. You're two and seven in the seventy two game season. Anything can happen. They're, Minnesota's like, not good. <laughs> Charlotte's better than Minnesota, yeah. and that's not even from a yeah. record standpoint. From an objective viewpoint, they're like Minnesota is bad. They're not good, but you got to start a foundation somewhere. And just like if I'm making a lineup, I wouldn't start him for that reason. He, I think he'll be better off the bench for right now. He might be, he might be that James Harden earlier in this, like James Harden early in his career, where you just play him on the bench. You know, get like sixteen a game. No, I would, I would start him to see if that would get me some wins before Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell asks for a trade in mid-May. <laughs> Which is probably going to happen if this continues. But yeah, speaking of like Timberwolves are two and seven without well, right now they don't even have Carl Anthony Towns, so you can't really project how they will be throughout the season. You never know. You never know. A team can have a winning streak. Not a difference maker guy. Look, I'm trying to tell you. Like I, like I said, like the Knicks are five and four, but I, but they're still not making the playoffs. And we know the Knicks are going to have a huge losing streak eventually. We'll get to the Knicks in a second, unless you want to hop on the Knicks now, because I'll tell you what. The Knicks are serious. The Knicks are real. You really think so? I'm on that train. The Knicks are real. I was wrong about the Knicks. That's one that I legit, like, LaMelo Ball, sure, I'll say I was wrong. I was wrong about the Knicks. And I'm not willing to admit that about a couple other teams that are doing good. Is it because they have no fans, so their fans can't be booing their own players? Is it because of that? I think it's that. And I think that, um, look, I think that Tom Thibodeau was, I think he's a culture changer. And I think he changed a lot of things when it comes to the Knicks. I think he changes a lot of stuff. And people and one thing that a lot of people are forgetting, Obi Toppin hasn't really played like at all. So I mean I'm just curious of what that is also going to add to this team. This team is this team is legit. He's unlocked some stuff. Well, R- well RJ Barrett finished the season with the highest minutes played per game. He's already at thirty eight point eight. We already know what happens with Tom Thibodeau. He'll run his players to the ground. I think he well, I, I knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, but that's what you need from some of these guys though. You need, like, Julius Randle needed a kick in the butt, and now Randle looks like an all-star. <laughs> he literally looks like like a legit all-star caliber player. RJ looks like he can get there uh, next year. I think that he should continue to play as many minutes as he as he is because I think he needs that for his development. Alfred Payton is good. I never thought I would say that in my entire life. Mitchell Robinson has unlocked some I stuff. Never, no, I never thought Alfred Payton was bad. I just thought he just needed a right team because he can't shoot. He just needs he just needs to be like they need to play him like the old player of Rondo. I just didn't think he was I think that's how you get the best of him. Yeah, I didn't think he was a starting point guard. That was just me. But yeah, and then Austin Rivers. I mean, man, you want to talk about <laughs> that jazz game was unbelievable. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you watched that game with Austin Rivers, but man, he looks like. Um, I didn't see that game, but dude, he looked like he was playing in two thousand and uh, two thousand eleven, back when he was in high school, and he had all those mixtapes. It was incredible. He's playing like Lynn Sanity out there. If there's one player who improved this game so much since entering the league, it's Austin Rivers. You know, he's, we, I always used to clown on him for being a coach's son and for that being the reason why he's still in the NBA. But, man, he has worked hard since his rookie year in the NBA. Like, he probably got a kick in the butt realizing this NBA game was harder than he probably expected it would be. 
But man, like a player who improved since year one so much is Austin Rivers. He yeah. looked like a guy who should have been been in the league to a guy who's definitely a a rotation player on any team. You want to know see the craziest part about that whole thing? The craziest part is that him and Alec Burks are the oldest players on this team. They're the vets. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember Alec Burks in college. Oh my goodness. Yeah, him and Alec so Burks are the oldest players on the team. That's like the funniest thing. Really? Ever yeah, so if I was on this team, I'll be the oldest player. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I never thought they, I would say Austin Rivers is going to be a good vet guy that you need on your team. They, thank you for making me feel old, JC. I'm the same age as Austin Rivers. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, then there you go. Thank get out there and get get dressed. <laughs> oh man, yeah, crazy. So you so you do believe in this next team? Do you believe they can finish uh, like eighth in the playoffs or get a bubble? Do you believe that? Or do you believe they can finish higher or lower? Um, I, I don't, I don't really see them cracking, uh, the top five or, or my, my, my top five, yeah, my top five teams. Cause I still think, um, look, the Nets are kind of up and down game to game, but I think that they're going to, um, start to get it going whenever Steve Nash and Kyrie can figure it out. Um, I think Orlando's probably going to drop a little bit, but you know, to me, it's the Celtics, Sixers, Pacers, uh, Bucks and Nets, and then everybody else. But, um, in that everybody else category, yeah, I think that the Knicks could definitely finish between like six and nine. I don't think that's uh, a stretch, to be honest with you, especially considering that Toronto's not uh, is not good, <laughs> and the and Wizards we, are we were talking worse. about this, huh? We were talking about this with Toronto. Yeah, I said this. I felt I said like this might be the year Toronto struggles because one, they're not in Toronto anymore. Yeah, and two, it's like. Can you keep chugging that same team year by year while losing key players year by year yeah. and expect to be good? And it looks like that right now. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's 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 tough, especially um, yeah, and just uh, not a lot of players on the team are, are are really are really stepping up, and they're playing like they're playing Chris Boucher, who's actually like not playing that bad, but uh, they're playing Chris Boucher like really really heavy minutes. Um, Aaron Baines is getting heavy minutes out here. Yeah, the the, the Toronto. Have, it just seems you have rotation. To, yeah, it seems like they're trying to switch out rotation players to the rotation players that they already have, and what they don't understand is you need you need to go get uh you know other rotation pieces that can actually play and help you win games rather than just looking into your bench and looking into your draft pool and expecting these guys that you drafted to play well. So, yeah. I think that's the problem with the Raptors because, look, it worked with Fred Van Vliet. You gave him a bigger role and he took it and ran with it. It worked with Pascal Siakam. You gave him a bigger role. He took it and ran with it. It worked with OG Anawobi. But they think just because it worked for those few players, it's going to work for everyone. It's going to work with Chris Bruchet. You're going to get Aaron Baines as a backup center, make him a starting center, replacing Marcus Sola and Sergi Baca. It's not going to work with everyone. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go out and get some players to replace them too. Yeah, yeah, facts and uh, yeah, and it's also kind of weird because um, uh, Terrence Davis, who I who I talked about a little bit last year, he's played incredible whenever he plays, but then they just take him out. I, I don't know why Terrence Davis isn't playing a, a lot more. That's just one guy that I just want to throw out a name. Just watch Terrence Davis play, and you and to me, like it makes no sense why he doesn't play significantly more minutes than he does. Like he should be starting on this team, and he's just not playing. I don't know why, but I'm just gonna throw that name out there. But yeah, 
Um, Toronto needs to figure it out. Uh, the Wizards are bad. I don't really understand why the Wizards are as awful as they are, um, but they're really yeah. bad. Two words. Russell Westbrook. Two words. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got to say. They were, they were trash before Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook just does not make them better. And look, I love Russell Westbrook as a player. Like, I really love him as a player, but I just got to be honest. It's just not – his play is not conducive to winning games. And I said that's why I didn't like that trade anyways. Like, why trade a draft pick for a for, – why, why trade to be marginally better when you know he's not really going to take you to, like, ser- to be a serious playoff threat? I didn't think they were going to be this bad, though, with Westbrook. And the way John Wall is playing, I think John Wall right now is actually the better player, which I couldn't – couldn't believe I could I couldn't tell you that before the season because a player coming off of the ACL tear and then the Achilles is is barely barely lost a step well I don't say barely but he lost a step but not not a significant step he didn't he didn't lose a big step he lost a small step yeah it's so it's very weird to say that Thomas Bryant should be getting way more touches than Russell Westbrook that's a very strange thing and he's out for the season now Thomas Bryant I believe got an ACL tear yeah. So he's out for his Yeah. Um, by the way, have you seen his numbers? Thomas Bryant's numbers are actually incredible. They're in. It's, I haven't it's seen his numbers, but look, I always, Thomas Bryant was always one of my underrated players. Like, even dating back to when he was in the Lakers. Like, I never, I thought he was actually really good. Yeah. He was a, he's a 19 and 8, 42% from three, uh, 65% from the field. Absolutely ridiculous numbers. 10 games. Yeah. So not a small sample size. Super, but, uh, super underrated. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the chemistry is just not working because, you know, um, I've been saying, you know, I've said this for, uh, uh, I've been saying this for a while, Russell Westbrook is good, but this this year it's kind of indefensible saying that he he's good because he's just not. I mean, he's averaging 18, uh, 18, 10, and 10 pretty much uh, for the season. But, you know, you look at the numbers, 65% from free throw. He's still really bad from the free throw line. I don't really understand why. 40% from the field. Sorry, 37% from the field. Jeez, that's all atrocious. And he's shooting 30% from three. I mean, the numbers just really, like, they just don't lie. And they tell the exact story that you watch, which is kind of strange. Uh, what? Yeah, he, he just needs to figure out a way to not be himself anymore. I really don't know how else to describe it because he's just making his team worse. He thinks that he deserves these shots, and he really just doesn't because he's not making them. And, um, yeah, I think it's really sad for me to say this, but I'm officially off the, the Westbrook train. I'm, a, I'm officially off. A coach just needs to finally convince him, like, you know what? You need to play more like prime Rondo now because you still have the athleticism. But what Rondo knows is Rondo, he, Rondo knew himself he couldn't shoot. So he just – used his best skills, which was his speed, strength, and passing. Yeah. Russell Westbrook has all those three. Just do not shoot anymore. Stop focusing on getting triple doubles. Just be a passer. He's an elite passer. He just needs to be a pass first guard. I mean, he I mean, it's tough to say that he uh, be a pass first guard when he's averaging eleven assists a game. Uh, but yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean the stats. The stats. Look, he has assists. The stats. You can see that. But he's. We all know he's still a shoot first guard. He needs to stop shooting and just focus on being a, a complete playmaker. 
Yeah, they yeah they just need to get and just move the ball around. Yeah, it, yeah they just need to um, distribute his touches between uh, Denny and um, uh, well Denny. Yeah, because Denny it, it is like I don't know. Have you watched uh, the, any Wizards games? Have you seen any of them? I watched a couple. I watched a couple. I got league pass. Okay. I've been focusing mostly on Cleveland, but I've been watching a couple. A couple. Well, as a person who watches league pass, if you watch um, Wizards. Denny, like, Denny's really good. Um, like, he just kind of finds little nooks and crannies of where he where he needs to be and what's the right uh, position for him to be in. And now he's just being used as, like, as a spot-up shooter guy when he is more of a dish and, uh, a dish and dump. I mean, he can shoot. Well, you, you, said, you said that's what – you said that would benefit him more because we you already talked about this before the season that well, I mean, with Westbrook and Beal, he's not going to be getting those touches to use his best traits. Yeah. But you said that would benefit him more because shooting is was his weakness. Yeah. So and, we have to get better. And to be fair, it's helped him in the shooting. I mean, he's shooting forty five percent from three. Which yeah. Is way amazing. Better, way better. But on the flip side of that, he's also shooting sixty two percent from the free throw line. But also to be fair, he's taking one free throw a game. <laughs> so I mean. It's small sample size. Yeah, and, and, and no, it's a super, super, super small sample size. So on one hand, it's just like, yeah, now I know. At least now I know Denny is the best uh, three point shooter on the team, and uh, well, behind Bradley, obviously. Uh, but yeah, they they just need to give those touches to him because honestly, if we're looking at the future for uh, for this team, it's literally like Thomas Bryant, Hachimura, and Denny. Denny Denny's at the top for me, and it's sad to say this, but it seems like like you're gonna have to find a, a way to either convince Russell to become a defensive pass first guy, uh, or that's what he needs to be, or you need to trade him. It's one of the two. Yeah, that's what he needs to be. Just it look. He gets assists, but I like to call it Marbury assists. I do love Stefan Marbury, though, but I like to call it Marbury assists. Mm-hmm. As in, if you look at the stat line, he gets a lot of assists, but if you watch the game, you know he's being very selfish yeah. and hogging the ball a lot. Yeah. So he just needs to stop getting Marbury assists and just be a player that that helps move, helps control the flow of the game, helps move the ball around. Do not be a ball stopper. Yeah. And if he just takes all that energy that he puts on the offensive end and then focuses on the defensive end, he'll be one of the best defenders of the NBA, like perimeter defenders. He'll be one of the best perimeter defenders of the NBA. Yeah. So if he could just do that, not take any more threes anymore, be on your Ben Simmons, don't take a shot. <laughs> I feel like even if, the, even if the defenders will just gap you, focus on everything else, it will actually still benefit your team more than you taking a shot. Because if they still play off of you, that means you could drive to the paint because you still got a lot of speed and strength that they still need to, they still can't really give you some, any space at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen because it's not, it's not Westbrook, but um, it's but not. I know. Yeah. But now, unfortunately. But that gives me another question. What do you do with Westbrook when you, when they finally figure out that like by next year, what do you do with Westbrook? Because at this point, at the end of this season, it's official. Like you let him go. It, well, it's official. At the end of this season, his contract is untradeable. Name me one. Name me one team that will take a swing on Westbrook after this year. I mean, they should have traded for him, but now you just at this point, you just gotta let him run his contract out. Yeah, like I said, they should have traded for him. Yeah, because it just seems like the next uh, what three years, three or two years. Um, yeah, Washington is screwed because now his contract is officially unmovable. You cannot move it. 
he's he's he is um as inefficient as this is why he what the Wizards were the only team that wanted to trade for him. The only team. And then he obvia he's now making my Hito Turgaloo comparisons looking much better with his three point shooting. And that's what he reminds me of, Hito Turgaloo. Um, well, he's better than Turkulu because he can do a lot more off the dribble stuff than Turkulu can. Um, in my opinion, in terms of uh, if we're just you know doing a projection, obviously, like but not right now. If I feel like Hito Turkulu was in today's NBA, he would also be a better player. So that's why I could, could say Hito Turkulu. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. If Hito Turkulu was here, where point forwards are more respected, point forwards will get better stats. He will be. He will have like he'll be a solid perennial twenty a game scorer. Not like an eighteen a game score. Uh, depends. I think. I believe it. I think that's Prime Hito I think Magic Hito Yeah, Magic Hito Turgulu was nice, but the reason why I say eh is because Hito um, sitting behind Peja did a lot for his game. So I would say that uh, he would have to sit behind somebody who's really nice that he could learn from. Because remember, Turgulu coming out was raw. <laughs> yeah, and that's putting it lightly. So I mean, he would have to sit behind somebody like Luca for for a couple of years to kind of figure out how his game goes. That's the only thing with Turgaloo. Yeah, true that. But, like, just in terms of Magic Keto Turgaloo, I feel like that is his projection. Uh, Probably, yeah, a better Magic Keto Turgaloo. You know, it's funny uh, It's funny that you bring up um, uh, LaMelo, by the way, because I thought you were going to get on me about Killian Hayes and how bad he's been. <laughs> I thought um, that was going to be a good like, one. But you, know, you, know, you know the thing, though, is that if they play good, I'll get on you for saying they're a bust. But if they play bad, you say they were going to play good. I won't get on you then because at the end of the day, they're still a rookie point guard. He's still a rookie. Yeah. So he 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 could get better. Yeah, but I mean, this is still his first games. To be fair, he's been horrible. I've, I've watched. I watched Detroit. I definitely watched Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, he's been horrible. The Detroit rookies have been bad. Period. Like Isaiah Stewart has been. Uh, well, he he really doesn't. Uh, he doesn't play like <laughs> yeah i barely even see that say store watching the game I mean, he plays he just doesn't like um like he he's, he's like, ineffectual yeah he's invisible it's very weird you you wouldn't know he's there yeah and then like sadiq bay he's been getting a lot of minutes he has he's yeah he's been getting some minutes but dude he, he's shooting like <laughs> he's shooting like 30 like 37 percent from the field or something like that um He's been really bad. Uh, Killian Hayes has just been atrocious, man. Twenty-seven percent from the field, twenty-five percent. Uh, yeah, twenty-five percent from three. Twenty-five. But this is, but this is how we need to look at it. Look at Darius Garland. Points a game. Perfect example. Look at Darius Garland. Perfect example. Last year he was possibly the worst starting point guard in the NBA. This year, now he's one half of the amazing. Of the amazing Cleveland tag team known as Sexland. Oh man, that's a horrible name. <laughs> that's horrible. Wait, so, so 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 you never heard of you never heard the term Sexland? Yeah, that's Kevin Love. We're gonna have to Kevin play. Love dumped it. We Sexland. Are, we are redconning that for this podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> we will not be saying that ever again. Kevin Kevin Love made it. I didn't make it. Kevin Love did. Yeah. Well, you know what? Kevin Love can do exactly what he's been doing and sitting down somewhere. That's what he can do. We got love and sex land. You got love and sex land in Cleveland. Oh, that's just terrible. All right, let's move love, on. sex land, and Isaac in Cleveland. Yeah, like I get what you're saying with um with uh with Garland, but man, it's just it's just like you. 
I don't know how to describe it. It's like when you watch something and uh, you just know it's wrong. I don't know. It feels very Frank Nielakina. That's how. That's what it feels like when I watch Killian Hayes. It's Ooh, not there. I mean, I'm not getting up a, on him. He is a point guard who came from France. He is a point guard who came from France. Did I say this? Why the New York Knicks might not want to draft him? Because he's a tall point guard that came from France. Who does he remind you of? Yeah, it's going to be Yeah, that's true. I don't know. There's just... Uh, something's there. It's just not like nothing falls for him. So I don't know. I'm not going to give up on him because I agree with you. Uh, this whole rookie crap, uh, you know, getting on rookies and, you know, not waiting until they're developed. It, it, it is annoying, but, you know, still. Some things will catch your eyes. Uh, the first couple... Uh, <laughs> I mean, he started seven games. That's like what kind of bugs me the most. It's like you're starting him, but you're benching Derrick Rose. All right, I'm done. All right, that's all I got to say. I think Derrick Rose, I think at this point of his career, Derrick Rose benefits coming off the bench as a six-man. I think he's probably just going to be a full-time six-man for the rest of his career. He's like a Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, where he just benefits being a spark plug. He could be the best player on your team and be a six-man. And I think that's just Derrick Rose's role. And I feel like just like at his stage of his career, you can't play him like 35, 38 minutes anymore. I don't think his body is made for that anymore. I think that 29, 30-minute spurts are what he needs for his career to be effective. Um. Quick question, just uh, just just um, super curious about it, because um, as you know, um, I don't I don't know if you heard this. I'm just gonna transition. By the way, um, Seth Curry got injured. I don't know if you know that. Um, yeah, I know. Are the 76ers gonna become bad all of a sudden? Um, Do you have that feeling? Because no. I had a really strange. And he, feeling and I was, he, every... and, and no, he didn't get injured. He got he got he tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I know he was out. So he'll be back in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be a big problem. I don't know. I just like, I mean, he he completely, he's completely unlocked this team. I mean, it's clear. I mean, he's like kind of like the driving force of why this team is playing the way it is. But um, I don't know. I just feel like there's about to be like this really insane drop off that we're about to see because they're clearly, in my opinion, the best team in the East. When he's as long as they make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. He, it's not like he got torn ACLA, they got Achilles. He just tested positive for the virus. So he'll be back two, three weeks. Um, but look, I don't know if you watched that, the, the G League version of the Philadelphia six, 76ers mm-hmm. uh, January 9th. No. But I didn't, I didn't really watch them either because it was already a blowout. But if you see the stat line of Tyrese Maxey, that might be their Seth Curry replacements for the time being. Yeah, I was about to say, I heard that uh, Tyrese had a, an incredible game. His first game started. 39 points. Mm-hmm. 39 points. 18 of 33 shooting. That's 55%. That's really good. And had seven rebounds and six assists. I Look, I was saying this before the draft. Why is Tyrese Maxey not a lottery pick? Like, I was wondering, why wasn't he a lottery pick? Um, Why did he get drafted twenty one? Because he was a high energy guy. I mean, that's kind of like the only reason. Uh, when I was watching Tyrese, I mean, he he looked good, but um, I didn't think. I uh, like for an example, I did not think he would be a rookie who gets thirty points in an NBA game this year. I didn't think that that was that, that was him. I thought that I just feel like in a draft guy. like we had, he should have been a lottery pick. Yeah, I don't know. It's when it comes to energy point guards, like especially point guards in general, like. The NBA, 
picking a point guard in the lottery makes no sense. Really, unless they're like a sh- for sure going to be good. Because think about it. Name an NBA team that doesn't have a point guard or like a serviceable point guard. It's like Detroit, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Every other team has a serviceable point guard. So drafting a point guard in, in the lottery makes no sense. Because getting a swing guy who's really good or getting a big man that's really good is much, much more rare than finding a decent uh, run-of-the-mill point guard. True. I'm still trying to think about what point guards. I mean, I thought about Orlando. but Orlando's good. Orlando's good. But um, I'm trying to think yeah. who's their point guard. Cole Anthony. They have Cole Anthony. And uh, who was their point guard before they drafted Cole Anthony? Markel Fultz before yeah, towards Fultz. ACL? Yeah, Fultz. And Fultz is good. Fultz is good. No, Fultz is good. He tore his ACL. So, yeah. but I was like, no, Cole Anthony has actually been pressing. So, yeah, he's been good. I don't think that's the problem. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, I was wrong about Cole Anthony. So, you were wrong about LaBello. I was wrong about Cole Anthony. I tried to tell you that Cole Anthony was good. Well, actually, the verdict's out on Cole Anthony. He's shooting 31% from the field. So, the verdict's still out on Cole Anthony. He's shooting 31% from the field. But the moves that that man will give you is just prime time. Also, by the way, shooting 90% from the free throw line. So, I mean, he'll be fine. True that, true and he, that. And he, gets to, and he gets to the free throw line. That's See, that's the thing that I, I really liked about Cole Anthony. It's like, he'll, he'll get to the free throw line. And if you can find a point guard that can get to the free throw line, yeah, you want that guy on your team. Because the league is literally three-pointers and free throws. And if you're good at both of those things, you'll be fine. So, yeah, he, he's going to be good. Verdict's still out on Lamelo, But, yeah, he's, he's good. So, Verdict is out on Lamelo, but Verdict's not out on Cole Anthony. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know sometimes. I don't know sometimes. Yeah, no, no. The, you know who the verdict is not out for is Tyrese Halliburton, the real rookie of the year. The real rookie of the year. So oh, yeah. I tried to tell oh, all yeah. everybody. I, I tried to tell I all love y'all. Halliburton. Right? I tried to tell all y'all. This man was legit. Now you you struck you struck going on Halliburton. You struck going on Halliburton. That, that might be the best Kings pick they had since the Aaron Fox. No, that is the best Kings pick they had since the Aaron Fox. Yeah, literally the best pick that they've had. He's been absolutely like, man. Man, like already, like the draft was, I know the draft was what, uh, was the draft a month ago? Yeah, about a month ago. And I, yeah. I already feel like this was, this, it, it, yeah, I, I was, even on draft night, I was like, man, I don't want to pick Halliburton as a Spurs guy because it's like we have 19 point guards. But even now I'm sitting there like, man, we should have took him. But he's 6'5 and can play shooting guard. So I, that wasn't a problem. Yeah, no. He's, six, and he's a nice change of pace from the Aaron Fox. Yeah. He was like extremely fast athletic. He's the guy that's more steady and is more of a shooter. Yeah, honestly, he should be uh he should start in my opinion. Per- Eventually what happened once they trade Buddy Healed, which it looks like it's inevitable, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, it's inevitable. But yeah, I mean, dude, that like look at his numbers. His numbers are incredible. 52% from the field, 50% from 3. Like twelve points a game, five assists. Like, and the Kings are good, or you know, moderately good. And I think that the reason why the Kings are moderately good is literally because of Halliburton. Like, they found like they're at least they found, uh, you know that one guy who you know can play in a playoff game. Like Halliburton's that guy. Like, yeah, you have an official one piece of a of uh, like you for sure don't trade this guy. This is going to be, he's going to be in your eight man rotation guaranteed for whatever championship run you make. And yeah, he's incredible. He, he's awesome. I love Halliburton. 
And the funny thing is he put on his uh, Twitter is as he says, they said the jumper wouldn't translate with laughing emojis. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, uh, yeah, yeah. relax. Halliburton <laughs> is all I'll say. Hey, he's shooting over 50% from three and from the field. Like, yeah, he's, he's, saying that he's, he's saying it like he's taking guys off the drill. He needs, he, yeah, he needs to calm down a little bit. But like I said before the draft, when we were talking about Halliburton is I said he could be the Brandon Roy of the draft because I'm not saying that he plays like Brandon Roy. What I was saying is that they look, they said Brandon Roy was going to be that what you see is what you get type player. He was going to be one of the best players to come in from that draft class, but he won't have that start potential. Yeah. But when he came in, he was already an all-star caliber player. Yeah. So it is very possible that Tyrese Halbert could be an all-star caliber player soon, just like Brandon Roy was. And they said Halbert it was also a what you see is what you get type player. Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know about that. I don't know if he can take that level because his. Who knows? Uh, I do. His his off the dribble game is is just not to the level it it needs to be to take that next step. Now, will we see that next year? Who knows. But um, yeah. As as far as seeing that this year, like I think that his. Oh no, I'm not saying this year, but I'm just saying like like his career trajectory. Oh yeah, trajectory wise, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I think he'll be the greatest version that we've ever seen of Andre Miller. I, I still think I still think that that's a fair comp for me. Oh, no 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 no. Andre Miller was never the shooter. Tyrese Halbert it is. In terms of uh, Ever way, yeah. well, Andre could shoot. It's just that his, you know, mid range, not shoot. three. Yeah, he could shoot a little bit. Um, it's a, he it's looks a, like Andre Miller. You could say that. His jump like shot Tyrese Halbert looks, looks like Andre Miller. His jump shot looks like Andre Miller. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll be the best version of Andre Miller, and that's not uh, that is not a diss whatsoever. Best version of Andre Miller is an all star. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Andre Miller was a borderline all star. Yeah, he was a ball. And it's fine. Yeah, so imagine Andre Miller who could actually, you know, give you a good three point percentage and can shoot free throws. Yeah, I want that guy. Yeah, I want that guy. Okay. And also, have you seen the, the funny Kings mini storyline going on with uh, Marvin Bagley Sr.? I believe he's the senior, the father yeah. of Marvin Bagley well, Marvin Bagley the third, Marvin Bagley the second, the father. So, Mar- uh, saying that uh, on Twitter that they should trade his son. Yeah, and and then Darian Darian Fox's dad saying like, yes, trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah. What <laughs> somebody needs to take his phone away from him. <laughs> he needs to be on, he needs to be on timeout. I don't know what he's doing, but he, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's stupid. I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah, tell that guy he needs to um, not ruin his kid's future because <laughs> it's really- yeah, athlete relatives of athletes are always funny because it's like they're basically the conscious of what the actual player actually thinks. The actual athlete actually thinks so. It's like, is this Bagley's conscious? Yeah. This is, if you want to know what Bagley thinks, just just look at his father's Twitter. That's what Marvin Bagley the third really thinks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Um, can we talk about the Spurs real quick? Yeah, let's talk about the Spurs. Let's let's talk about the Spurs. I do like that young team. Um, yeah, because I just want to point this out. The, the Spurs are, like, are really solid. 
They're really good. And um, I know we're five and four, but we also played the, I think we played the Lakers like three times and we lost all three of those games, but they were close games. Um, but yeah, I really like what, I, I don't understand why we're, I don't understand why we're this competitive. I mean, we're only five and four, but like I said, we lost to the Lakers like three times, but Listen, DeMar looks really good. DeJounte is taking that next step. Keldon DeMar's essentially playing the four. He's essentially playing the four. Yeah, and he's That's crazy. And it's working. <laughs> like it works, which is uh honestly perfect because if he's not gonna shoot threes, I mean screw it, let's play him at the four pretty much. If you would have told me before the draft that DeMar DeRozan before he got drafted, DeMar DeRozan will eventually be a power forward in the NBA, I would not believe you. Yeah, facts. And then um Kelvin Johnson, I mean, man, this this guy is this guy's good. Draft steal. Yeah, draft draft steal. steal, man. Easily. He, he is legit. And finally, it looks like Lonnie, after I think this is his third year in the league, um, it looks like he's yeah. finally taking that next step into double-digit scoring because, man, he's been at like that seven, eight points a game, for, I feel like, uh, like ever since he stepped into the league. And now he's finally getting a little bit more touches. But, um, yeah, this team is... Like, I actually like the future of the franchise. And now I have to ask you a question. Is Greg Popovich still the best coach in the league? Because I still feel that way. I still feel he's the best team. I, I was like, about to say, when when wasn't he the best coach in the league? True. True. But I, it, I, he just I, never had the, he never had the talent as other, all the other coaches at one coach of the year. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, if we're being honest, Greg Popovich's name at the end of every single year usually doesn't get brought up for Coach of the Year for some reason. I think it's probably – Also, he has the – he also has what the LeBron James syndrome as voter fatigue. Yeah. He also has that. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, I just want to point this out. Uh, the reason why we couldn't have taken Tyrese Halliburton, this is, this is the main reason. So we have DeJounte. We have Patty, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, uh, Derek White on the team previously, and they all can play like point guard, shooting guard, like combo guard, basically. So imagine having those five players and then taking Tyrese Halliburton. You basically just try, you basically have a team of six guys who all basically play the same position. So that's like the main reason. Uh, but yeah, I this this team is legit and. Yeah, Greg Popovich, regardless of what happens, is my coach of the year. I don't know how you feel about it, but he's my coach of the year because I can't see another coach who would have came in here and have the same impact that Greg Popovich has had on this team. I don't. I can't. Hey, if if uh, Tom Thibodeau actually gets the Knicks to the playoffs, I don't care yeah, who else. True. He has to be my coach of yeah, the year. No, he has to be. I never thought that was actually possible. Yeah, that's that, that's very true. But all I'm saying, also just to throw this out there, Greg Popovich has somehow made. Rudy Gay, an efficient player. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That I know, right? That's yeah. crazy. Why? How is Rudy an efficient basketball player? That's never happened ever. <laughs> it is how, how how is Rudy Gay actually contributing to a team's win win percentage? Makes no, absolutely no sense. No, no sense whatsoever. But uh, on the flip side, I, I still want to say this. I still kind of hope this team doesn't make the playoffs because I still want a good draft pick because I still feel like we don't have enough. But at the same time, I trust the Spurs and, and what they do. But, yeah, they're really good. And um, I'm excited for this team's future, which I did not feel a couple months ago. <laughs> as you can, re- as you probably remember, I did not feel comfortable with this with this future, but now I do. I feel I feel perfectly fine. I just wanted to get my Spurs ran over with. I think, 
I think now they're just missing that superstar. I think if they can attract the superstar in the free agency or, or eventually with all this young talent they have, mm-hmm. they could be a future championship contender again. Yeah, they just um, need that superstar. Yeah, I mean, it looks like that maybe... They remind me... It looks like maybe DeJounte might be able to get there. I mean, the two-way the two way uh, thing with DeJounte to me is just like elite. So if there's going to be a superstar on a team that's already there, I think Keldon and DeJounte have probably the best uh, chances of, of obtaining that superstar status for the Spurs. What they remind me is the LA Clippers before they got Kawhi and Paul George. Like that team that just had like a lot of solid players. Yeah. Well, they had Jay Gilgis Alexander as like their lead top prospect as if they just had one superstar player. And I only said one, not two, like they got right now. Just one superstar player with that same team. If they didn't have to trade anyone, that would have been a championship contender. That's what the Spurs remind me of right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, if DeJounte Murray or Keldon Johnson develop become that, that's, that's even great. But if they just have one right now, like who knows Yeah, with who, that team around them. Yeah, who knows? And, um, you know, we're, we're still only, what, 10 games into the season. So, I mean, uh, who knows if – all of these rankings still stay the same, but um, yeah, those are kind of the teams that have uh, also um, we have to bring it up. I mean, the Suns, the Suns are tied for the best record in the league. <laughs> what did that tell you about the Suns? I was sold. Once they got, once they got Chris Paul, I was sold. I was sold on the Phoenix Suns. Were you, were you best you know in the league? So? I, I wanted to be hot takey and said yes, but I was a little bit conservative, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Chris Paul is that good. Yeah, Chris Paul has been um, – well, I mean, the real story of of the team has been Mikhail Bridges. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Mikhail, Unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Don't talk about the Villanova boys. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I just want to say this. Um, you know, I said it I said it on draft night when he got traded – to uh to the Suns from Philly. I still can't, I still can't believe what Sixers did. I can't believe and, it. And and their mom and his mama worked there. He's a hometown I kid. I still can't believe it. Hometown kid. I still I still can't believe it. Yeah, absolutely disrespectful. And, and, now he's and the fact that his mama worked there just like just baby like, are you serious? Are they really gonna try this? Yeah, like how and then it turns out that the player they traded for, uh, Zaire Smith, didn't turn out to be anything. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not that great. And then, yeah, Mikhail is now he's. Um, I I want to be hot takey here. I mean, he's probably the top five three and D guy in the league. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now he's- he was showing flashes of it last year, but yeah, right now he is taking that next step because defensively he was always good, but now his offensive game is taking charge. Is he a better replacement than Kelly Oubre was? Oh, is that even a question? You haven't seen Kelly Oubre this year? Is that even a question? I, I bet Suns lucked out. Oh, my goodness. I, I've never seen a bigger drop in for it that, that I've seen this season, anyone from this season than Kelly Oubre. Strong, strong take from <laughs> Strong take. Oh, my goodness. Not even a question. But I just want to touch on Chris Paul before we actually switch to the Warriors. I want to touch on Chris Paul and just say, like, every team he's on, they – like, we talk about how LeBron makes a, a bad team good, but Chris Paul is also up there as players who could have a big influence too. Like, every team he's on, they're always much better. 
they're always much better. Houston was a game of, was a Chris Paul injury away from beating the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, New Orleans Hornets, when he got drafted, was much better. Every team he touches, OKC, uh, Clippers, much better when he was on there. Every team he touches becomes much better than they were before. Every team. And if you look at the stats, the stats never do it justice. But just his leadership, just him being what I said Russell Westbrook should be, a guy who's a pass-first point guard, a guy who's not just pass-first by the stats, a pass-first if you, point guard if you actually watch him play, a guy who actually keeps the ball moving. Mm-hmm. This is how he makes his teams better. Yeah, I don't think since uh, Chris Paul has became Chris Paul, you know what I mean, uh, since he's became a superstar, I don't think he's missed the playoffs. So um, every single uh, – yeah, oh. if you get this guy, I mean, your team is just going to be good. I mean, that's – you know, that is, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> your team is just going to be great. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I really didn't think that this team was going to be as good as they are because, I mean, they're, like, ridiculously good. And um, they've obviously um, gotten some help from – you know, a lot of a lot of players, uh, not only um, stepping up, but a lot of players stepping down. I mean, you look at DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's touches have have gone down this year, um, and I feel like they would have went up. So I'm I'm shocked by that. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you look at the players that they added. I mean, they had Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, who are getting who are getting big minutes, um, and then uh, Javon Carter is somehow uh, getting. Uh, moving into the rotation of this team, which is kind of funny. I mean, Javon uh, Carter was never bad to me. He was decent. He was a backup point guard, of course. When they had him as starter, he, he was being overexposed. But I think he's a decent backup guy. Yeah, it, it's it's just, um, you know, they're, they're stretched. They're a solid seven-man rotation, you know, with uh, Sarge Johnson, Crowder, Aiden, uh, Bridges, Paul, and Booker. Um, and they've done a really good job of spreading out the touches to everybody and letting everybody get involved. And I feel like that's kind of been... Uh, the thing that's really unlocked this team is they're playing like legit team basketball. Like you would think that this year it would have been like, all right, Chris Paul and Devin Booker just go out there and get buckets. And it's just not been that like Devin Booker's only averaging 22 points a game. It's not like he's averaging anything crazy. I thought he was actually going to, you know, probably have to take more shots than he's been taking this year, but everybody's stepped up and yeah, this team is really good. The problem with the Suns for me previous years was that, Devin Booker had to take on too much of the offense. They they didn't just ask him to be the main scorer. He had to be the main facilitator, too. And I knew once Chris Paul came, even his shots would probably go down because the ball would be spread out more. Chris Paul would make the other guys better. That, that Devin Booker didn't have to take on so much of the load because Chris Paul, just by him being there, would make the other guys improve. And that seems to be happening. And yeah, Devin Booker always strikes me as a guy who doesn't, who didn't care about averaging 30 a game. He cares about having his team win. So look, yeah, I like this Suns team. And this is how you keep a star player. For the other teams out there, this is how you keep a superstar player. You get another star player, a star player who knows how to win games, and you bring him on there. And, and, and look, Devin Booker went from wanting to be traded to now a guy who could probably, I would say, finish his career there, but at least stay there for another four years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, would wait and, I would wait until the end of the year to say that because, as you know, superstars can ask for trade like basically immediately. <laughs> Once one thing goes wrong, uh, you know, they, they might ask for trades out. So I would, I would, I would hold off on that. Um, 
keeping a superstar. That's just me. Um, okay. Let's let's just get into this Houston. Let's just get into this Houston stuff because we might as well. I'm about to ask if you want to talk about the Warriors now, but okay, we can talk about Houston. I just want to talk about Houston real quick, just 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 for this one thing. Um, obviously, Houston is uh, one of those. Houston's a weird one, right? Because they're three and four, and. You know, as you just said, John Wall is a, is kind of a clear upgrade from from Russell Westbrook. Um, if only they had the same team, I guess. Well, if you if you if you add Christian Wood, same team plus Christian Wood from last year. I mean, if you just look at them from a number standpoint, they shouldn't be three and four. I mean, if you, just from a number standpoint, because it's like you got Harden, John Wall, and Christian Wood all averaging more than twenty one points a game. Eric Gordon coming off the bench, giving you 16. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of their roster. I mean, the rest of the roster, they have guys who can come in there and score. And uh, Cousins really isn't uh, – DeMarcus isn't DeMarcus anymore, which is kind of uh, depressing to talk about. We'll talk about that. Sad. Yeah, that's sad. Um, but this team shouldn't be as bad as they are. I mean, they have three legit – like. And I want to, and I want to throw this out there. Christian Wood is a legit All Star guy, and anybody oh, who says that he's not, he's it was he was a legit All Star guy in, in Detroit. People have said no about him yet. Well, yeah, because well, I mean, the sample size was so small, but like now, yeah, like, now it's yeah, he's he's legit. He's legit, and I'm really, I really don't understand um, why a lot more people didn't go after him and overpay him. Um, but I will say that, like you said, you just said it. Table size. Yeah, his his three point shooting was overrated though. That's that that's one thing that needs to be pointed out. Um, but yeah, I just don't know. I don't really understand why this team is three and four, especially considering the fact that they just got all these all stars. But you know, they do have the one thing that I don't like, which is basically no defense. <laughs> PJ Tucker is their best defender, and then after that, it's probably Christian Wood is their second best defender. The, the and, Houston identity, right there. Yeah, the and, Houston identity. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, but uh, oddly enough, me saying all that, I still have this very weird feeling that James Harden's not going to be traded. I feel like he's not going to get traded. I was about to ask you, now since his team looks better than expected, mm-hmm. do you think this is making James Harden happier? No. 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 I, I don't think it's James Harden. I think it's more the team. The team feels like, you know what, he's not making as big of a deal as we thought, like, I thought the antics were going to go up as the season got started, but it kind of seems like um, they figured it out, and it feels like Harden is not leading. But granted, it also, to be fair, every single time the superstar gets traded, we kind of don't know about it um, uh, for the first two days. Like, the first two days, like, we feel like, okay, everything is normal, then all of a sudden, boom, Wolves bottom on your phone, and then, you know, a trade happens out of nowhere. But, yeah, it just feels like you know, going to happen. You know how petty Harden could have been? So there's a story on this uh, player, this uh, soccer player in Belgium who who came into his team's practice facility wearing the rival's jersey because he wanted to get transferred. He could have been that petty. That's how, that's how you die <laughs> in the soccer world. <laughs> and he had death threats. And he had death threats. Of course he by had. fan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a, that's so, no. <laughs> Why would you do that? So to the point where he had to have uh, the Belgian police like uh, watching him. Like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, like watching him just to make sure nothing happens. So Harden should have came in with a Warriors or Spurs jersey. 
really, if he really wanted to get traded. Well, I guess it didn't help out the Belgium player because he still didn't get traded. He just didn't get let into the facility. They yeah. they just locked him out. But yeah, uh, he uh, pro- probably should have been that petty, I guess, yeah, if probably. he really wanted to be traded. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Came, came in with a, a Kevin Durant Brooklyn Nets shirt. He was like, trade me here. Yeah. Trade me to this team. Get a custom-made Harden Brooklyn Nets jersey. I would have traded them to the Kings, but um, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. I guess this is a, as good of a transition as any. Let's go. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Well, actually, um, you still feel like Harden's going to get traded by the end of the year? No, no. Oh. I feel like even if Houston, even if Wall turned out to be bad and and Wood and Christian Wood turned out to be a disappointment. I felt like Harden would have got traded anyways. What, what are they really going to get back for him that's any of any real value compared to what they're giving away? So, you know what? The, the way both both those guys, Wood and Wall, are playing makes me even more confident he's not getting traded. Because this team, if you just add more pieces around him, could get back to the championship. Yeah. If, if John Wall could keep this up. All right, fair enough. Um, is, is there a comeback player of the year for the NBA, by the way? There needs to be one, if not, because John Wall needs to win it. He's, I want to compare him to Alex Smith, who Alex Smith came back from is life-threatening, but John Wall also almost got his leg amputated. So the fact that he's playing this good, yeah, um, like there needs to be a comeback player of the year. John Wall needs to win it. Like His story is amazing right now. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure out a way to honor him. I think they should at least. I mean, you know, two years no basketball, and he's you know this, he's back to his all star way. His, his mom died too. Tragic. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been going through a lot. So we, you know, props to John Wall for reviving his career. I'm happy to see it. Look, I, I admit, I wasn't, I didn't think he was going to come back and play this good. But like, if you come, any player come back from the Achilles and the ACL, especially a guy who's like so reliant on his speed. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just shocked how good he is. And look, I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and on top of that, he's got an outside game too. Which kind of came yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, the he's averaging the this is like for right now, the season would have finished today. He'll have the second highest scoring like PPG he's had in his whole career. That's great. At twenty one a game. The most he's averaged is twenty three. Second before the season is twenty. So this, if you would, if the season would have finished today, he will. This will be his second highest scoring total, like P, P, PPG, in his career. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, actually. I never would. Yeah, yeah, especially with all those Wizards teams, I never thought that. Yeah, that's a, that's actually insane. Um, yeah, that's he's that pass first guy because he's that pass first guy. You think they make the playoffs? That Houston, I mean, well, that Western Conference is kind of tough, but you know what? If Harden just – if Harden stops being on his fence Carter and also get, it gives 100% effort, which, I mean, I feel like the game comes so easy to him. But scoring 25 for him is nothing. So if he just gives that 100% effort, they're making – they have to make the playoffs with three legit star players. They have to make the playoffs. They're, are, they, are they the only team with an actual big three now? I guess Celtics when Kemba Walker comes back. Are they the only – I guess, like, are they the, one of the only few teams that actually define big three? Because now everything is about the big two. It's about the duos. Yeah, I mean um, it depends on how you classify Levert, I guess, um, with Brooklyn. Nah, he's the he's the sixth man. It's like he's like the the Durant Westbrook Harden. 
Like he's he's the hardest. He's a six man. He's a six man, but he's averaging eighteen points a game. So I mean, he's legit. Like hardened. He's like the hardened six man. But yeah, but, but even still, that to me was a big two. Yeah, I don't want to. I know. I, I don't think I can get down with that because listen, Karis, I, Karis I, 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 feel you. I feel you. I was about to say, Karis on another team would be a twenty five a game guy. I mean that. I mean, period. <laughs> He, yeah, because he's averaging 18 and 6 off the bench. So I would still say I, that. But I feel like there is a reason why they put him off the bench because if he was starting with Kyrie Irving and Durant, he probably, he won't even be nearly as effective because he's a guy who needs a ball in his hands. So him essentially playing a backup point guard position is perfect for him because he's a guy who needs a ball in his hands. I feel like Dinwiddie's better off the ball than Levert is off the ball. Well, yeah, so no, that, he, that's why you got to start Dinwiddie. Yeah, yeah even though he got hurt, but yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I just, yeah, if we're just talking about an actual big three, um, I think that especially, like, if we're talking crunch time, if, like, for an example, if Brooklyn, like, versus Houston, my three versus your three, I would definitely take that three. <laughs> Be- and it's honestly because of Levert, not even because of, uh, you know, how, how much talent you have on the other side. I would still say Levert is kind of that tipping point player, for me at least. Well, Levert, Levert, yeah, okay. So Levert on another team would be a, would be a guaranteed All Star. That's the only reason why I have, why I have to say he's part of the big three. So you got the Nets too. Um, yeah. Uh, before we switch with never team, I do want to ask: okay. um, Does Christian Wood even qualify for most approved player of the year? Since he basically has similar stats in Detroit, even though it was a small sample size, um, would you put this most approved player of the year, or does that go to Jalen Brown? Uh, well, okay. Well, let's let's. Uh, Let's oh, not even Jalen Brown? No, no, no. Well, well, yeah, no, it's Jalen Brown. But you said that he, he has stats similar to, to what he didn't need well, to Well, the, 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 the rebounds, the rebounds, no, but if you would have put it to like a per 36 minute standpoint, oh, you're, it's, one, of it should, you're one of those guys. I mean, look, if, 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 if you like take his split stats and how would how Christian Wood pl- played as a starter, it's almost similar to what he's doing right now. Like it, it's not like he seriously improved. He was just, he was really this good. It was just that he didn't have the sample size because he just got his chance last year. As far as the 36 numbers, uh when he got drafted to Philly, um, were like fifteen and fifteen and ten. So yeah, maybe they should have should have given the should have given those touches instead of releasing him, but yeah, per thirty six doesn't really tell me anything to be honest with you. I, I'm not a per, per thirty six guy, but um, most improved player. Yeah, I mean, look, I would give it to, I would still give it to Christian, honestly, because to me, Jalen Brown. Um, I if you look at Jalen Brown, like his whole career, and you know, even for you, well, let's go from a statistical standpoint. Like if you go to his basketball reference page, Jalen's basketball reference page, you're probably going to see all of his numbers go up every single year. Um, and I kind of expected Jalen to either take another step or to, or to just stay an all-star bubble third team, all NBA guy. Whereas Christian would, yeah, like last year he averages 13 and six in that 62 games. That's a good sample size. And this year he's averaging 23 and 10 and he's a legit part of a legit, you know, contending playoff team in the West. So yeah, I would probably still give it to Christian Wood than I would to Jalen. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, Christian. So, uh, yeah, he's legit. Let's talk about the Warriors. Let's talk about the Warriors. Okay. <laughs> the Bri- So, they went from having the Splash Bros to the Brick Bros. Savage. And Curry's not a part of it. <laughs> it. It features Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. 
Oh, and I saw this. Oh, I mean, well, we knew. Well, yeah, okay. I guess Draymond Green, yeah. Draymond Green's also a brother. He's also he's also a half brother there. I mean, you already knew Draymond Green is a big spritz too, but he's also a brother. Um, so I seen this stat. I probably saved it. Let me see if I saved it in my phone. Also, it was uh, absolutely horrible. Well, yeah. Before you go there, I just want to point this out to you. Um, I haven't even. I'm trying. My my page is still loading, but um, just going off of memory, Andrew Wiggins does not deserve to be in the in the Brick Boys. Andrew has actually been pretty solid this season. I I, I don't think I can accept. I mean, he started Wiggins. off this. He, he started off the season building some bricks, so... Yeah, this past... These I don't know. weeks, he's been... I mean, the past, like, week and a half, he's been really good. Like, he's been... He's okay, been fair awesome. enough, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got his stat lined up. He got his stat lined up, but... Okay, so... What Kelly Oubre... Kelly Kelly Oubre's the patriarch of the family, then. He's a patriarch. <laughs> so, okay, so this is... Look. <laughs> so, Golden State is currently 19... 19th in three-point percentage. If Kelly Oubre had not shot any threes this season, they would be fourth. Yeah, so, Golden State is... <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. So, uh, it says that Golden State um, number could change, but it said they're shooting... Uh, making 123 of three uh, 341 attempts from three, placing them 19th in the league. However, if we were to subtract Oubre shots, six for 45... That number jumps to 117 of 296, 39.5%. Good for fourth in the league. Mm. So one man's shooting slump <laughs> makes uh, Golden State a borderline. Uh, makes Golden State, yeah, it's keeping Golden State from being a borderline elite shooting team. <laughs> Just because he's there, they went from four to 19th in shooting. Yeah, it's tough. If it, yeah, I I don't think it's gonna last um, because I I mean I'm I guess I'm still the only Kelly Oubre supporter. Um, in the world. I don't know. He looks like Nick Nick Young reincarnated at this point. I don't know. Mitchell, relax. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's indefensible. I mean, there's nothing that I can say to defend Kelly Oubre. I mean, he's just playing bad. Period. I mean. It's kind of the Cam Newton thing. It's like it doesn't really matter how much you like somebody. It's like when you're playing bad, you're just bad, period. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what Kelly Oubre feels like. I think he, he'll he get it together because it's Kelly Oubre and I like him, but I don't think that he's necessarily as bad as he's been playing. That's a devastating uh, that's a devastating stat, if, especially if you're a guy who like follows stats, which hopefully Kelly Oubre doesn't is not a stats guy because if he is, I mean, he must be devastated by that. That's that's a thing. Is Kelly Oubre is not this bad, but he's just a player that's really inconsistent. It's like you just don't know what you're going to get with Kelly Oubre. Yeah, like Kelly Oubre, it's like yeah, it's like the modern day J.R. Smith. You just really don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you can get a twenty a game solid Kelly Oubre. Or like, kind of like what the Suns had last year, or you could get this Kelly Oubre. It's like you just never know. He's a he's such a wild card. Maybe the pressure of being the, essentially the Clay Thompson replacement, even though he was there before Clay Thompson. When Clay Thompson went down, he essentially became the Clay Thompson replacement. Yeah, I think that just kind of messed him up. Yeah, and that he probably felt like he needed to take that mantle. Yeah, I think they need to. Just give all of his uh, all of his touches to Wiseman. That's what I think. I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah, let's just or just keep all. or just give even more to Curry because Curry Curry is doing his best Kobe uh, Kobe impression when he had Kwame Brown and Smush Parker at yeah, this um, point. 
yeah, this is, I, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because I want to, I want to point this out to everybody. And, um, because I feel like people forgot, which is a very strange thing to say about Steph, but Steph already has 41 threes and he's only played nine games and he's shooting 39% and he's taking over a hundred threes. He's averaging 11 threes a game and he's shooting did, 39%. Did we both call he was averaging 30 this year? Because I knew he was averaging oh, 30 yeah, this no, year. I was like, dude, if he didn't average 30 this year, I would, I would be disappointed. I'd be disappointed on this roster. But yeah, he's averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, and Steph is just the he's he's the best shooter I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, we say it all the time, but I mean, well, Steph is just Steph say, why is everybody saying that? Like, this is surprising. We uh, we how many years we know he's the best shooter? But we that's need what to. I've been saying. We need- I feel like I feel like people really don't get it. You know what I mean? I feel like people just don't get it. He's shooting ninety five percent from the free throw. It's line. been a foregone conclusion. He's been the best shooter for like six years now, at least. Yeah. No, but here, I guess that's not really the right thing to say because even though I'm saying he's the best, I feel like it doesn't time, do him justice. Yeah, I, I just feel like people just don't. He's one of the best players ever in the NBA. I'll, I'll say it like that. He's one of the best players ever, and we never give him that credit. He is one of the best players we've ever seen in the NBA. We need to say that. We need to say that with Steph Curry. This is what I'm, we I'm sorry. We, we need, need to say it. This is what we need to say. He's debatably the second best point guard of all time. I, I needed to make my list, but I wouldn't be surprised if I make my list and he turns out to be the second best player. Yeah, you, I mean, number one is Magic Johnson, of course. Yeah, no, it's Matt. You know, the reason why I say that is because, like, if you really think about it, right? Because up there, it's like you got John Stockton. I know you have Jerry West because you probably consider Jerry West point guard, and then Isaiah Thomas. And all of these guys, who who name like name a point guard who has done more for the game than than Steph? I mean, it's like Magic, and that's probably it. And even you can debate that Steph has done more for the game of basketball than Magic. If, if you're a player that changes the way how everyone plays, we knew we need to acknowledge you as one of the best players of all time, just off the bat. Yeah, the like LeBron did it, Jordan did it. Like, yeah. if you're a player that just because you're there, it changes how every team builds their team. Like, because of LeBron, every team had had like these athletic wings to defend LeBron, or these like two way wings. Yeah. Just because of a player like LeBron James, they had to have like these six ten like like point forwards because of LeBron. Um, Jordan, Jordan had to change a whole rule book. George, they had to implement Jordan rules. Mm-hmm. Um, now you got Steph Curry, who because of Steph Curry, every player like now has to have a three point shot, and now it's acceptable taking threes from the logo because of Steph Curry. Facts. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it felt like um, over, especially last year. You know, he's out for the whole year, and it just feels like people forgot. People were also dissing him because. You know, uh, because of the finals MVPs, I know that that's like a tarnish on his legacy, quote unquote, even though he's a three time NBA champion. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's just like, I don't know. It just really, it, it, I agree. Saying that he's the best shooter of all time is just dumb. But at the same time, it just feels like people forgot. If I'm Steph Curry, I'll say that's disrespect because, like, yeah. stop calling me the best shooter of all time. I'm one of the best players of all time. You know, I'm not just the best shooter of all time. Because I hear what was it Stephen A. Smith or is Charles Barkley? I forgot who that said he's the best shooter of all time. So I'm saying that we all know he's the best shooter of all time. That's like saying the sky is blue. He is one of the best players of all time. True, that's very true. Um, and he's probably, uh, I mean, you can make a really good argument that he's MVP right now. 
Yeah, but they're, they're not going to give it to him, of course, but he, he should be at this point. I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. If they make the playoffs as, like, the fifth seed, like, I don't think that there's a choice but to give it to Steph, to be honest with you. You know, the, you, know the, you know the media always gives it to the best player on the best team. It's, say, it's the same argument I, I made years what? back. What? 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 He wanted He wasn't on the best team. He wasn't even close. He was the seventh seed. Oh, that's true. That's true. But also, I think he was like the first guy in the modern era to get like a triple double. So just because of that. that just, yeah, but still. Yeah. But even now, you can but look we at can make a make comparison for like, I say like 2000, I think it was 2006, 2005, where Dwayne D- D- Wade averaged 30 a game, five uh, rebounds and eight assists with nearly three steals. And he did not win MVP. Just because the second best player on his team was Michael Beasley, although the Heat were a fifth seed that year. Yeah. And when he got hurt, when he got hurt, the Heat became, uh, yeah, be, I mean, when a year prior, the Heat were the second worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But because he came back from injury and averaged 35 and eight in nearly three steals, the Heat became, went from second worst team in the NBA to a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. And he didn't win MVP. LeBron did. While LeBron, while LeBron was of course amazing, of course, yeah. I, at that that year, Dwayne D- D- Wade was the best player in the NBA. That year, he should have won MVP. Probably. And so I, I liken it to that. That's why Steph Curry probably won't win MVP. I don't know. Storylines are great, and storylines dominate the NBA. And Steph coming back and his team, and nobody, and especially when Clay went down, and how deep the West is. I don't think anybody had the Warriors, or at least I should say, a lot of people didn't have the Warriors making the playoffs or even making the play-in game because Clay Thompson was out. And I think that if he makes it, like, especially not even to the to a play-in game. From a story perspective, I mean, Steph is clearly the guy in terms of, um, to me at least, I, I, yeah. To me, that would be the clear storyline to win MVP, in my personal opinion. So do you actually think Warriors are making the playoffs? If if Kelly Oubre can play this bad and they're still a, fifth, uh, a four seed, yeah, I think they're making the playoffs. Well, right now they're eighth in the Eastern, uh, in the Western Conference. They're eighth in the Western Conference. I don't know if they could do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they could do it. I don't, they're not. I don't eighth. know. Yeah, if they no, they're tied for fourth. <laughs> no, they're eighth. It they're, says they're eighth. They're tied for fourth. They're five and four with the uh, Jaspers. Uh, well, yeah, I guess tied for fourth through fourth through eight. Yeah, fourth through yeah, eight. yeah. So yeah, so they're tied over there and. Honestly, that's a right mix of, of teams of them to be in. They should be in the mix with the Spurs and uh, and the Mavericks. I mean, they should be in that little mix. So, yeah, I, I would say that they're definitely making the playoffs to me. Because, like you said, Steph is Steph is just unbelievable. And if he continues to play like this and Kelly Oubre continues to get better, which he should, and, um, you know, if Draymond keeps playing the way he is, because Draymond is back to his defensive player of the year uh uh, playing level, in my opinion. The stats do not show what Draymond Green has been able to do for the team. And Draymond is, like, legitimately, like, he's he, he's back to being, like, at, like that great glue guy that he's uh, that he's normally uh, used to being. So, um, yeah, I have the worst. Um, actually, you know what? I'll say it right now. They're shooing to make it. I have no doubt that they'll make it. I'm back. I don't know if they're a shoo-in, but, okay, uh, shoo-in. okay. I'll, I'll have them making it, but not a shoo-in. I have a message to shoot in. Just because, like, if Kelly Rubin doesn't I, I step up. Can, I still can't. 
I just still can't get out those first couple of games where they just were absolutely bad. I just can't get that out of my head. I really remember can't. the Warriors did not play in the bubble. They did not play in the bubble. So, I mean, it's been a while for this team True that. Playing, playing together. So, you know, no summer league. These rookies can get. But you can also yeah. say that how long, when's the last time Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant played? And look what happened. Yeah. And look and, what happened. Yeah. And look at them. They're the Warriors. Yeah. Playing. And look at them. They're struggling a little bit. Yeah, because well, or do you have KD, any that KD, KD's in COVID protocol? Yeah, but they're KD's still struggling. They're still struggling. And Kyrie's is boycotting, so yeah, that's true. But I mean, look, I mean, still <laughs> they're struggling. Regardless, they're struggling. I mean, I'll listen, team struggle is fine. I think that yeah, the, this team is going to get it together. Steph is going to be Steph, and Kelly Oubre will get it back. And if he doesn't, then just give his touches to Wiseman because Wiseman is pretty is quite honestly unbelievable. This team is going to be amazing to watch next year. I can't wait to be honest. I look, I just hope Seth Curry doesn't get himself hurt because I just feel like the seasons where he has to. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to put that in, but it's just like it seems like the season where he has to. It's usually like the times where he has to take a bigger load on the offense. That's when like his body kind of gives up on him. Let's talk about the Celtics because I don't, I don't want to talk about injuries when it comes to Steph. I mean, the, the, yeah, no. As much crap as we gave the Warriors when they were on that incredible run, I don't go, yeah, we can't have an injury to Steph. He's too good for the league. I don't even want no, to. No, no, no. I don't want an injury to Steph. I'm just saying, like, I'm kind of scared because it just seems like the years where he has to take on, like, the bigger loads. But, yeah, let's let's talk. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, let's talk about the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics. Okay. So, you actually, you know what? Um, I'm starting to realize I was really wrong about this rookie class. I was really wrong because, I mean, let's just talk about Peyton Pritchard and how unbelievable he's been with uh, Kemba being out. I mean, he's been incredible. I didn't think that they were going to start <laughs> Peyton Pritchard. And also, another player that you were not high on was Peyton Pritchard. That, yeah. Also, like, that was your uh, – never LaMelo, too. Also, that you, to be fair, everybody was out on Peyton Pritchard. I want to throw that out there. Even Boston Celtics fans were out on Peyton Pritchard. And I want to say that I wasn't the only guy, but, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was completely wrong. He's, he's, hey, he's, you know what? I'm just glad they actually – well, look. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm glad they actually took a co- a guy who who's been in college for a while, mm. then like a project player like a Romeo Lakeford. Yeah, like they've been doing for the past couple of years with those type with those mid to late first round picks. Yeah, I still don't even know what Romeo Lakeford is, but yeah, uh, yeah, Pritchard has been like unreal. I I I because it's like on one hand it's on one hand, when it comes to the whole Peyton Pritchard thing, on one hand, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that he's this good. Because, I mean, if you watch him in college, um, he's he's really great. But um, especially when it comes to some of those really old senior, um, especially the Pac-12 guys, they usually just don't work out. And uh, I guess I should say I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was wrong about the Peyton Pritchard thing. I'm glad that I, I was wrong about this because... I'll say one thing. He's helping out uh, the stereotype of when it comes to white basketball players. <laughs> he's definitely helping out when it, when it comes to that because he's, uh, he's been great. And the fact that they can count on him in crunch time, uh, yeah, everybody who was saying, saying that the Celtics' um, you know, run was over were, was, were completely wrong. Completely wrong. I don't, know. I don't know why people were saying that. They got their team. Most of their players are under 25 or 25 and under. 
most of their key players are 25 and under. Oh, they, or at least smart is like 26, probably. Listen, they thought that like, was last year. That's what they thought. Tatum was only going to get better. And look at Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's playing like a legit superstar right now. You you could debate if Tatum's even the best player on the team. You could say it's Jalen Brown. Yeah, you could yeah. You could make a really good argument. You can make a really good argument, especially when it comes to like the uh defensively. Uh, I would say that actually right now, yeah, Brown's better than Tatum. I'll say and it let's go back to Peyton Pritchard, because I mean I'm just looking at him. You say he's a stereotype of a white basketball player. I'm I always thought about is he is he a hundred percent white? He also looks like he's half black. Just look at him. He looks like a Clay Thompson to me. I'm just saying. Like, who knows? Who knows? He might have some melon in there somewhere. He probably. He's he's the whitest. Maybe he's a butt cut. He's the whitest kid I've ever seen. I mean, you know how how like some mixed people can have like that pale skin skin tone. I don't know. Maybe it's the buzz cut. Maybe it's just because the buzz cut. He just looks like he goes to that black barbershop to get that fade. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Nah, it's he, 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 he just he just strikes me like a Clay Thompson. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but let's carry on. Let's carry on. Absolutely not. But yeah, no. I I, I, <laughs> I want to give I do want to give him um, the respect that he deserves because I mean uh, when he hit when he hit that game when he shot. I mean I was like legitimately. I was not only stunned because that lets me know two things. That lets me know one that you're, the team trusts you enough to go out there and take the and take the last minute shot, and two, it lets me know like the fact that he's just getting Kemba's minutes. <laughs> that to me is insane. Like, did you ever think uh, a day in your life that Peyton Pritchard would be starting for the Boston Celtics, and on top of that, he would be really incredible? Did you ever think that that would not be- at all? No, right? Not at all. And now you've been a shooting role player at least. And even as a shooting role player, I mean, you look at the, his numbers in college. He's not that this incredible shooter that uh, you know a lot of people thought he was. He's not this incredible shooter, but I mean, now he comes in here and he's shooting forty-two percent um, from three, fifty-one percent from the field, and ninety percent from the free throw line. He's a fifty-forty-ninety guy. I know he's a bench guy, and uh, and you know a lot of people won't count that, but I mean, still fifty-forty-ninety for a rookie. I mean, Jesus, this guy is awesome. He's great. So, what does this make Kemba Walker? Does this make him trade bait, or you think this, is, or think Kemba Walker still adds to the team? He adds to the team. If I'm Boston, I wouldn't do anything. Um, I wouldn't do a thing, a thing. Even if Kemba comes back and he's bad, then just give uh, Pritchard his minutes. But you know, we both know that that's not going to be the case. Um, I mean, he's already kind of trade bait because I mean, I know that I don't know if you've been seeing the rumors, but. Since Jalen yeah. playing so well, that, a lot of people are saying like you know maybe Kemba and Brown for for Harden. A lot of people are saying that, but and Brown, no, I, I'm just hey. probably, I would trade Jalen Brown straight up for Harden. I, I would I reject that trade if I was if I was Boston. I wouldn't trade anybody on this team if I were Boston. To be honest with you, I wouldn't trade a single player. I would let this team ride it out because one thing about this team, this team has got vets now with like Teague and uh, Thompson and Kemba. And you have a really nice mix of young talent with Brown and Tatum, who are both under the age of 24. You got Pritchard now. Grant Williams is good. Um, and you know, I don't know if Aaron Nes- Aaron Nesmith is kind of confirming some stuff that I that I uh, saw in college. Um, but who knows? Maybe he can become um, um, the sniper that we all thought he uh, you know we all think he could be. But uh, this team is. Really I mean, he hasn't played basketball like how long? Almost like two years. It seems like because he barely he got hurt. Nesmith he got hurt in college. Yeah, it's been like a year. Yeah, a year. So, 
Yeah, a year and a half. So he hasn't played yet. He, has, he got hurt. So he hasn't played in a while. So I just think it might be a little, it might be a learning game for him right now. Yeah, I say, I say, um, keep everybody, keep everybody, and you know, hopefully, Taco Fall can become the next Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Who knows? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this team is really good. I'm not going to lie. Um, they're, you know, I said it was the Nets and everybody else. Um, I got to give Boston and the Sixers, uh, you know, the credit that they deserve because it's a three-team race as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, like I was saying, I did not – I said it was just only the beginning last season because, I mean, their players are young. Mm-hmm. And we got to see how Kemba Walker does fit in because – what it looks like to me is that Kemba Walker being out, this allows Jalen Brown to take on an even bigger role in the offense, and, and the Celtics are benefiting from that. So, we, but the thing is, Kemba Walker is a team guy, so mm-hmm. you just probably got to take you just probably got to take a small role. Just if I'm not average twenty a game, probably average like seventeen, and just take a small role in the offense. It was yeah. something I think he was adjusting to last mm-hmm. season because he was so used to being a guy. In uh, Charlotte and in Connecticut, so it was something he was just adjusting to last season. So he just probably just continue taking on a smaller role. Yeah, if there's one thing that we can all say about Kemba is that he's a winner, and um, if it's you know if he has to go out there and just get you like twelve and five a game, I'm pretty sure Kemba is going to have absolutely no problem doing that as long as it's going to result in you know them having a very good chance of getting to the finals, which they do. Um, I do have one last question when it comes to the Celtics. Is Jalen Brown and Tatum the second best duo in the league? Well, yeah. Number one is, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's funny because we talked about this. This talk about this exact topic about every podcast. So, oh, really? Number one. Yeah, exact topic. <laughs> Same exact topic. Well, and he wanted to mention Jalen Brown and, and uh, Jason Tatum. I mean, look, but it's, it's a legit one, argument. It's a legit argument. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Number one's, of course, is Anthony Davis and LeBron James. To me, that's, well, actually, no, 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 not of course. There's also Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but and, uh, number one is Anthony uh, Davis and yeah, LeBron James. No question. No question. AD and LeBron are, are number one. No question. Yeah, number one. Number two still has to be KD and Kyrie. But then number three is is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I got a hot take. I think it's actually Brown and Tatum. To me, for me, I think they're, they're number two. I, I look, look, it's debatable. It's debatable. I wouldn't say it wasn't debatable. It's debatable. I still got number two, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets duo, but yeah, it's debatable right now. Yeah, for me, it's um, yeah, it's super close because I, I um, you know, if we're just talking about getting a bucket, it's funny. Yeah, if we're talking about getting a bucket, I think I'm, I, I would take Kyrie or even KD over Brown or, or Tatum. If we're just talking about going out there and getting a bucket, but if we're just talking about like give me those two superstars like right now, I don't know. There's something about this really long. If I was building a franchise, I'll take Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because of their age. Well, yeah, no, because of their age. But if we're just talking about strictly of their play, like I don't know. It's just that that combination of having two guys who are both six five or or I mean six seven or taller and. They can both play defense, and they can both get buckets like whenever they want. And like Brown, at this point, I mean, it's just um, I don't know what what breakfast he has every single morning, or what he's been drinking, or what uh, what he's been doing. But he's just been like, un- like Jalen Brown is like a legit MVP candidate. I, I remember <laughs> in that conversation. I, re- I remember when I was watching Jalen Brown with the flat top 
back when he was at Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia. I remember watching his games. I would, if you would have told me in 2021, he'll be shooting 54% from the field, uh, 42% from three. That's a big one. I would, I probably would have slashed you. Like this guy, this guy can't shoot at all. Yeah. Could, was going to do that. Yeah. Like and, really. And also I, he improved this game so much. Yeah. That three point percentage number is honestly kind of uh, misleading too. Because if you look at the threes that he takes, he's taking threes with like hands in his like face, like legit like contested threes, and he's drilling them. He is drilling them. So yeah, he, yeah, I, I agree with you. I never thought I would see the day of Jalen Brown shooting above forty percent from three, let alone you know forty two. It's kind of insane. Thirty five. I would have looked at you but like this guy really. Like I was, I love Jalen Brown as a prospect, but his shot was so underdeveloped. In high school, I would never thought even he would be cover shooter at all. Even at Cal, it was, it was tough. It was yeah, tough. even at Cal too. Yeah, yeah, even at Cal. But this just shows the elite work ethic he has. Like the elite work ethic, IQ. He went from having like athleticism as his biggest trait to having shooting as his biggest trait. Yeah, yeah, the improvement. Never thought I would have leaps and bounds. Never thought I would have seen the day. To be honest with you. We talk about Giannis having like this huge improvement from being a rookie to where he is right now. Jalen Brown might have the similar like level of improvement just from year to year. Yeah, that's true. Just because just the parts of his game that was so raw. Of mm-hmm. uh, the questions about him being taken at three was from Boston was just because like he had no three point shot. He was still a very raw player. He didn't really show too much at Cal. Like he was. So for some people, you probably wouldn't say he was underperforming at Cal. I always said the NBA game would be better for him because it would be a more wide open game. But never would I thought he would be an elite shooter in the NBA. I thought he could develop his shooting, but not be an elite shooter in the NBA. Not be a guy who's shoot, who's making Clay Thompson level type stats in terms of shooting in the NBA. And um, who's a legit ISO scorer? I never thought that he'd be. Um... Yeah, like the step back three guy. Like I never saw that. Dribbling two was was one of his problems. Dribbling yeah. two was also one of his weaknesses. And look at him now in terms of dribbling. Yeah, I never thought I would have I would have seen the day of him becoming this level of an offensive superstar. Yeah, it's like it's actually kind of incredible to see. And um, um oddly, I'm happy for him. I'm like I'm super happy. That, yeah, because Jalen Brown's a really good dude, and you know. It's it's always the good guys that you want to see take that next that next step in their game and uh, yeah I'm just happy that he finally got there because man man uh, this makes Wheeler High School is like the f- go ahead oh sorry I didn't want to cut you off uh, but uh, Wheeler High School is the first high school I've ever seen in Georgia I know that's I mean that says a lot about nothing but it was like the first <laughs> high school I've ever seen in Georgia <laughs> my brother went to that high school so it's just like. Oh, Still, I wanted to fo- I wanted to follow Jalen Brown's career just because you're like, oh, Wheeler High School, like, oh yeah, I remember Wheeler High School. I was supposed to go to that high school because I because my family originally moved to Marietta mm-hmm. from Massachusetts, so I was supposed to go to Wheeler High School. So I wanted to follow Jalen Brown's career. So I'm, look, I'm so happy to see Jalen Brown be this good. Just like I'm happy to see Tariq Cooper have like a 26 point debut for Auburn, even though I know that that's a completely different topic. But completely yeah, different. yeah, same thing for, for McKeecher. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to put that out there in the, in the podcast. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, there's only one other team that I want to talk about. 
um, and that's Dallas. Because Dallas to me is um, it's kind of frustrating because it kind of just seems like they win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Um, I mean, I don't. I really don't know what else to. What I, I don't know if it's just the fact that um, Chris Stapps isn't playing. Maybe that's kind of the biggest. Uh, the biggest. That's, a, that's a big reason. That's a big reason. But even with Chris Stapps not playing, because I mean, Chris Stapps didn't play a, like a lot of stretches uh, during during last year, and obviously they lost. Uh, they lost Seth Curry, which is a, a pretty huge huge deal. And um, but also to be fair, um, just throwing this out there, um, Tim. Hardaway, we also lost bigger staff as well as the coaching staff. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but also, Tim Hardaway has strangely, strangely stepped into the uh, Seth Curry role and has actually been very effective in it. Just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, I, did you expect this team to be? I don't want to say they're bad because they're obviously they're clearly not bad, but um, for them to be struggling as much as they are, because I feel like they should be a seven and three team, um, like the like the I felt I felt like it was bound to happen. And at the end of the day, it's still early in the season. So I still feel like some a lot of these records are a crapshoot. It's still early in the season. Yeah. And also, the Mavericks kind of snuck up on everyone last season. Yes. At least in terms of their offensive game. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were statistically one of the best offensive teams of all time. They snuck up on a lot of people last season. Yeah. But this, but, uh, but this year, everybody knows who they are now. So now they're going to be played differently. So it's just not the same. And like, look, they're supposed to be seven and three. They 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 lost Christoph Zinkins, and they had Christoph Zinkins. They probably would be seven and three. Mm-hmm. So look, I'm not. I feel like it's still too early in the season to to judge them. They can easily have a, a huge winning streak in the middle of the season, and they can be back to where they were. So I just feel like it's just it's just too early right now. What is promising to me, like you mentioned, is Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. At this point, he used to went from being a chucker to being a guy who was kind of like a J.R. Smith, a guy who would get his points but probably would have a negative impact on your team, to a guy who's a positive. Yeah. So like the advances, I'm, the I'm stats for Tim Hardaway are actually like kind of kind of crazy to look at <laughs> his advanced numbers because uh, Tim Hardaway, for those who don't know, his advanced numbers like were nobody like Tim Hardaway. Like a lot of people were hopped off the Tim Hardaway bandwagon because of his advanced stats, but if we're just looking at his advanced uh, his advanced stats numbers, I mean he is literally like not even close to the second best player on this team and he's honestly kind of sneaking up on tim hardaway in terms of these advanced numbers so uh yeah i'm honestly kind of happy for tim hardaway so hardaway Hardaway is father say that again you say you say he's sneaking up on tim hardaway like tim hardaway senior his father or no i said he's sneaking up on luca oh okay you say sneaking up on tim hardaway okay okay yeah yeah, okay okay okay. so sneaking up on luca yeah, he's sneaking up on Luca a little bit in terms of just just um, from a you know since you like per thirty six numbers. Look at his uh, look at his per hundred possession numbers and his per uh, thirty six. It's kind of like jaw dropping to see to see those numbers. Maybe they should get more more touches to Tim, but um, <laughs> never thought I would think this guy was in the G League for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, didn't he play for the G League uh, in New York? Probably, I I I remember I remember vividly the Hawks since he was he was here and like I was wondering like why is he in the G League with this with this crap team we got but yeah um, but yeah but, um yeah yeah this team is uh I don't know this team just has uh it has a lot of talent like especially in terms of the depth like they can run like a legit like like 
like for an example, Bojan is probably like their tenth best player. So if Boban is their is their tenth best player. I mean, you're deep. So I, I don't know. I just feel like this team um, should be better than uh, than what we've seen so far. I mean, look, they're five and four. It's like I said early in the season. Some teams start off hot. Some teams start off slow. Yeah. It's bound to happen. Yeah. Like look at I'm, I'm we won't make no soccer nods. And now as you look at soccer for the Premier League in the beginning of the year, like teams like Everton, Southampton, they were in first place. But yeah. right, if you see right now, the the big six, the top six teams, I guess, outside of Arsenal, are are starting to dwarbalize and they're starting to take shape at the top of the top of the card, top of the Premier League standing. So look, it's a it's a weird season. Early in the games of the season for me that be our crapshoot. We gotta see, we gotta give it at least a month. A month, a month and a month and a half for it to to normalize. Hmm. All right, all right. That, that that's how I see. That's how that's how I see it for the NBA. That's how I always see. It. I don't I don't look at the early early teams unless you're like completely undefeated. Then I'm like, okay, you're for real, or like only have like one loss. Right. But I still feel it's mostly a crapshoot. That's why I said like the Knicks are probably going to fall out. Yeah. Soon they can't keep this up. I think the next just because they don't have the talent, even though Julius Randle is also looking like a most approved player candidate, because those assist stats are, are unreal for him. But I feel like teams normalize later on. All right, this is one thing that I want to try to establish uh, going forward. Who's your MVP right now? Who's your MVP? If you had a, if you had a vote on who's the MVP right now, who would you give it to? My MVP right now. Who is my MVP? Yeah, because I'm kind of right curious now, about this, about where we land, like, later on in the season. Um, so, yeah, I just want to keep a document of who we think is the MVP at the start at the start of the season. <laughs> Part of me kind of wants to give it to Bradley Beal, even though that team is trash, just because, like, he deserves better. <laughs> part of me, part of me. But you know what? I got to say, who MVP right now. I gotta say right now, it might be Steph Curry. It might be Steph Curry. I'm trying to think about who, wow. anybody else in the top of my head. It might be. Wow. I got. I got. I got. I got to think about it. it. Might be Steph Curry, but I'm. I'm trying to think about any other players I'm missing right now, who are just having outstanding seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, if, if 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 the Nuggets were winning. I would have given it to Jokic right now. The Nuggets were winning. I would give it to Jokic. Jokic is playing on the real. Really? Jokic is averaging a triple-double without hurting his team. That's true. And he's not the reason why they're four and five. It's other factors to that team. It's the fact that they don't have Jeremy Grant. And making Michael Porter Jr. the replacement is not a good replacement because he doesn't bring what Jeremy Grant brings. So if the Nuggets were a better team, I would give it to Nikola Jokic. I mean, that's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I really can't. Um, I really can't hate on that pick at all. Um, controversial. I'd probably give it to Embiid. Okay, that's fair enough. I was thinking about giving it to a Sixers player since they've been so good, but that's fair enough. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking of because um, for me, we both give it to centers. Okay, we both give it to centers. centers. Just, <laughs> did you ever think the 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 day would come in two thousand twenty one? Two thousand twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
actually I kind of like the, the the Jokic pick. I'm not even gonna lie. It's um to me it's a three man race between uh, Brown, Jokic, and Embiid. I feel like Jalen Brown will not get it just because he doesn't have the perception yet of a superstar player. Well, to me, I'm just and, saying, like for right now, yeah, like right now, who if I had a vote, who would I personally vote for? And I know that he's not he's not known for that, but like right now, the way he's playing, like he's the main reason why the Celtics are as good as they are. So I I, I can't the Celtics are tied for the best record in the league, and uh, I kind of have to give it to him. I would put like LeBron or AD in here, but AD has been taking it really slow at the start of the season. And um, actually, you know what? You LeBron know what? doesn't have LeBron like stats yet. You know, yet, you know so. what? Let me. Let me. I have to switch it up. I have to switch it up. I have to give it to LeBron. I have to. I have to. Give it okay. To and here's the what. And here's the reason why. I shit on people who vote all the time because I'm like, you have voters fatigue. You should still, even if you have voters fatigue for somebody, if they're the best, until they show that they're not the best, that's the best player in the league. And LeBron has been the best player in the league for years. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of history by saying he doesn't deserve the MVP when he is every single year. He should have won it last year. He should have won it last year. We did that every single year. He should have won it last year. We did that every year. And listen, that's true. LeBron is averaging 25, 8 and 8. Yeah, LeBron should have had the record by now in the modern era for most MVPs for a player. He should have. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. I, all right, this is the year. This is a year where I'm not going to switch off LeBron James. LeBron James would have to average like less than 20 points a game for me not to give it to him. I'm, I'm giving it to him. I have to because he's 36 years old and he's still averaging 25, eight and eight. That's stupid. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, LeBron's my MVP. I'm, I have to give it to him. This is what happens, I guess, when you spend a million dollars on your your pers- your health, yeah. your fitness. <laughs> this is what happens. I think more more players need to start doing that when they become that age. Just invest. That that that's his way of investing. That's his way of investing because in the long run, it's still giving him these max contracts. So that's his way of investing. I think more players need to start doing that with their money. Spend a million on your personal training because look at what happened to LeBron. Yeah. LeBron is still maintaining his prime. Yeah, I mean he's um. Yeah, he's spending a, like what did he say? Like a million dollars a year on his body every single year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, everybody needs to kind of kind of get on. I mean, I, I I I guess if you're one of the younger guys, I could see why he wouldn't do that because that's a lot of your money. But if you're like a guy who's a stat, if you're like a Blake Griffin, like a guy who has Blake Griffin probably does this, but I'm just saying, if you like a star player who has made a lot of money in his career, I say just do it. Sure. Spend a million on your body every single year because it was working for LeBron. And you know what? You might say that's a lot for even a player might say that's a lot, but at the end of the day, it's retaining your big contracts. If you maintain your prime, you're still going to get your big contracts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm looking at this. Do you, who, who do you think is this, uh, the second oldest player besides LeBron James to be averaging over 20 points a game right now? How old do you Second think? Second oldest. Uh, don't look at it. I say. <laughs> you want me to say the player? Or want me to say the age? Either one. Either one. I'll say the player. Okay. Uh, Chris Paul is not averaging twenty, so it's not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay. Ooh, is it Demar Derozan? It's not. But it, but DeMar DeRozan okay, is thirty one. I just want to put that out there. He okay, okay. So don't tell me. Don't tell me. Let me see. 
He's, is he older than the? Oh yeah, he has to be older than the Martin Rosen. He's, no, he's okay, one no. year older than uh, Martin Rosen. That is the only hit I'll give you. Uh, okay, I was close then. Yeah. All right, Mark, 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 right. Oh, this guy's thirty. Uh, this guy's thirty-two. Do not tell me, uh, Russell Westbrook. No. Okay, the, the someone tell me. Someone tell me. <laughs> we gotta do this podcast forever. We, we're going. <laughs> I'm gonna find this out. I'm finding this out. Yeah. Where is Westbrook on this anyway? How much points per game is Blake Griffin averaging? Is it Blake Griffin? No. Um, I wish it was Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Has, okay. Yeah, no, I wish it was Blake. Okay. Not Blake. Okay. All right. Let's see who. Let's see who. After scroll. Man, it's probably some obvious person too. It, it is super obvious, obvious. actually. And, um, honestly, when I saw Kevin the, Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. No, it's not. What? Wait, isn't he 32? Um, among the eligible players, he's not eligible. Oh, he's not eligible. Yeah, he's oh, not he's not eligible. Yeah, okay. you have to play at least eight games in order to be eligible for this list. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the name is still obvious. It's still very obvious. All right. James Harden is not that age yet. No. Um, Tied for DeMar. I did, it's also a shocking fact. DeMar DeRozan and James Harden are both 31 years old. <laughs> shocking. I think I thought... Thought James Harden was, is a little bit younger, but okay, so he's thirty one. All right, I thought he was like twenty nine to thirty. Oh, really? All right, fair enough. Uh, you thought he was younger? You thought he was older? I thought he was a little bit older, like like a year or two. Well, he came he came after a Westbrook and Durant in the draft, so I felt like yeah, that would be around the right age. Um, let's see who who uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. This podcast yeah. will last until until March. <laughs> Who is it? Man, am I going to cheat and look at the points per game just to see? No, if you if you cheat, you might as well just tell me to tell you. Is looking at the points for is looking at the league leaders cheating or not? Yes, it's cheating. Okay, I'm not looking at that. Oh, uh, yes, it's cheating. Man, <laughs> you want me to tell you? No, no, no. I'm telling you, this this is gonna last forever. This is gonna last. I'm sorry, listeners. This is gonna last forever. I need to. I need to. I need to know. I need to figure this out myself. You want a hint? Huh. What's the hint? Um, we talked about him. We talked about him. We talked about Steph Curry. Him. Yeah, Steph Curry. I forgot he was that old. Yeah, Steph Curry is 32 years old. He's averaging 30 points a game, which is uh still. I forgot he was. Th- I forgot. I didn't. I forgot he was older than DeRozan. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, Steph is old. <laughs> Steph is one of the best in the league. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of a strange thing to um, um, to say. Actually, matter of fact, just out of curiosity, I want to want to see where he's at in terms of. Yeah, dude, Steph is <laughs> Steph is old, man. Wow, this is actually crazy. Of, this is actually an Steph incredible. Steph is really thirty-two. Yeah, this is. If you look at it, it's actually it shows how old I am. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I feel like if I was in the NBA, I'll be one of the. I'll be. I think I'll be on the ladder of older players in the NBA rather than younger. Yeah, there's 48 this players in the league that are 32 or older, and Steph is in that argument. That is crazy. Only only 48. Yeah, only 48. <laughs> only 48. I guess it's a lot of yeah, 15 players a roster. Yes, this ain't the NFL. So yeah, you you right, you right. Yeah, 40s is a lot. Can you guess who's the oldest player in the league? Also, Udonis Haslam. Retired. Wait, he finally retired? 
It looks like he's retired. Wait, I'm actually thinking the same thing, and he's not on this list. I mean, he's still on the roster technically, so he's still an active player. I mean, he never plays. Is is he still on the roster? Let me see. I'm actually looking this up right now. He's still. I mean, he didn't say he had to play. He's still on the roster, right? I don't think so. Oh, so he he, he oh, finally man. retired. Oh my god, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's still on the roster. So like, yeah, no questions. You got us Haslam on November twenty. I mean, he never November played. He's a he's a coach season. essentially, but he's he's still on. The, he's still an active player technically. Yeah, he's finally the same age as his jersey number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my god, I didn't know that. That's insane. Are you trying to say the oldest player that actually plays, or yeah, oldest player? That <laughs> I mean, I know it's Udonis. Oldest player, that Kyle Korver. Where is Korver? No, Korver also doesn't play apparently, which is kind of weird. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Korver doesn't play. Um, Dwight Howard. Uh, ninth. 35th, 35 years old. Uh, man. Technically tied for six. Just throwing that out there. Chris Paul is younger than Dwight Howard, I think. Same age. Well, it's Car- oh, same age. Carmelo Anthony. Um, tied for second with LeBron James. Andrew oh, Gary. close, close, close. And Marcus Hall. Yeah, it's so only one. Well, it's, well, it took out JJ Redick. Well, that was yeah. one of my other picks. Oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. uh, What position? He's a a tweener. (laughs) Well, like like, like, like that helps. Like Uh, that helps. He's a three or four. You can play him at the three or four. Well, that took out Carmelo Anthony. Um, Chef Green? Did you say Jeff Green? Yeah. No, Jeff Green is 34. Uh, okay, I give up. This podcast is going to take forever. So who is, it's who is it? Iguodala, 37 years old. Oh, man. That, that should have been obvious. Oh, man. When Iguodala retires next year, it will officially be LeBron James will be the oldest player in the league. That is crazy. Or I remember. <laughs> or Haslam, actually. Yeah, it's going to be Haslam. But, um, that's crazy. I remember when LeBron was 18 in the league. Yeah, no, he's 36 Oh, my years goodness. Old. He's 36 years How old. far we come? <laughs> I li- literally followed his whole NBA career. That show was we're getting gold. Yeah, no, it's... it's, it's I remember when I had... I still have his rookie NBA jersey in my room. Yeah. The, 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 like when he was a rookie. His Cavaliers NBA jersey. I still have it. It was a the fake Reebok edition, but it's still... Yeah. I bought. I got that in his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very weird to think about. It's very strange to think about, and it honestly kind of makes me uncomfortable because um, it really know, does. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, not only that, but could you ever imagine a day where there was a thirty-six-year-old who was going to go out there and still be the best player in the league? Did you ever think? Yeah, that day? that's insane. Like, I don't think even Kareem had that status at thirty-six years old. Well. If Jordan didn't even have that stats, even when he came back at 39. No, no, he didn't. Yeah, and I, and it feels like when LeBron's 39, he's still going to be averaging like 25, uh, 7, and 7. Like LeBron has already played more years in the NBA than Jordan's ever had because, you know, Jordan had those breaks. Yeah, no, he's played way longer than Jordan. I think he's played like five seasons longer than Jordan. <laughs> at least. So, hey, that's a 
that's another uh that's another wrinkle to the best player debate if you want to add that oh yeah i add that hey it's it's a lot closer than a lot of people think i think now um i think now is the year when we can actually say lebron's the best player in the league and the response is like all right yeah you can make that argument it's not like oh my god you're crazy like now it's like yeah yeah that's perfectly valid statement (laughs) That's perfect about statement. You know what? We can leave it at that. Just just to get the questions brewing. Yeah, get the questions. About the best player debate. Yeah. We can leave it at that. Yeah. So this is another edition of the sports edition. My name is Shay, and he is Shay C. Estimated November 23. And JC, do you have any last words? Because your Lamella words are never are no longer valid. You know what? Lamella still sucks. I'm sorry. He still sucks. Hater. Hater. All right. All right. We'll see you next time we see you. Peace.